1: Baseball season is officially upon us. Welcome in, Ben & Woods 97.3. The fans get our heads right. I tell you, it's the rightest that uh, it's been in a long, long time here on the Ben & Woods program. Good morning to you. Happy Monday. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Reindel. He's the executive producer. Good morning, Paulie. Good morning. Benjamin Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor, joins us as well. Good morning, Benny. Good morning. Well, I mean... I think, like we said last week, we all wish
4: they had had the Super Bowl on Saturday, so yes. we weren't still recovering from the Super Bowl at 6 a.m. on Sunday. Overtime game went late, so yeah, I'm feeling a little bit of the after effects of our Super Bowl party. Still, you
1: know, I'm, I'm not feeling many after effects. It, the 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 threat, the thought of baseball, got me out of bed this morning. Uh, it's funny in the chat here. Our buddy Eric says, "You know, Jocelyn, our friend, said baseball's back." And Eric said, absolutely, only now we have a week of breaking down a boring football game. I'll tell you something, you're going to get a few segments breaking down said football game today, and after that, it's over. I mean, we're not, I, what I promise you is this, we're not going to be coming in here tomorrow going, all right, let's talk about that screen. Uh, I still, I've i been thinking about it all night, Ben, that screen that they ran, and the, you know, no. We're going to get it, it out of our system today. A lot to talk about with that game. Of course, we're going to go into... You know all the commercials, all the pomp and circumstance of the game, our personal, uh, you know, goings on, all of that stuff. But you'll get some breakdown today. I'm feeling great. I have won. I won a, a good amount of money last night on the game, and boy, they made me sweat it out for every nickel uh, last night. But let's. Somebody asked me how much did you win. I said, let's put it this way: the misses, misses Hannah and Carol Woods will have a nice Valentine's Day, whereas she may not have. Had the uh, Niners pulled that out yet? She may have gotten the old drugstore card. She's still going to get one of those. They're fourteen ninety five uh, a piece, by the way. Now, if you go buy a card, when's the last time you bought a card? Fifteen dollars, <laughs> like walking out the door. If it's anything more, if there's any pop up in it or more than seven words, it's fifteen. It's fifteen dollar present now. Um, so she she was just going to get that now. You know, I'll splurge. I'll go a little bit extra. The extra mile, if you will. Uh, how was everybody's weekend? I Pauly started to tell us Polly started to tell us a story. And I go, Shut up, shut up, shut up. Come on, man. I go, you gotta save this for the open. That's terrible. And I, uh, it, by the way, happens to me all the time. My reaction is one of a four year old. A petulant yes. Ask Hannah about it after you tell your story.
5: DoorDash. Let's talk about DoorDash. They'll get you, dude. It happens to me. I feel like all the time <laughs> where they screw up an order, they forget something, whatever. And you go, you know what? This is the price I pay for my lazy ass not getting in the car and getting it myself. But
1: it driven right down there and it's got it. it double checked minutes it, away. Checked it at the counter. Said, uh, all right, we're good. Saved okay. you. And by the way, saved you 40% on the
5: deal at least. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So Friday night rolls around, and uh, my wife and I have both been watching what we eat over the last like three to four weeks. Uh, I've lost 12 pounds since yeah, fantasy camp, feeling really good. And we decided, you know what, let's, let's go crazy. On Friday night, Megan goes, you know what sounds really good? Let's get some wings.
1: Yeah, go, damn good.
5: Oh, that sounds good. Sounds so good. And I, like, I don't know why. We weren't going to wait for the Super Bowl because we were going to have <laughs> different foods on Sunday. But she goes, let's, let's, let's party tonight. I go, okay, 100%. I'm in. So we order up on Buffalo Wild Wings, have it door dashed to the house. Audio. I think we're missing on YouTube.
1: Missing. Yeah. Somebody says no audio. Damn it. Sorry. (laughs) Right in the middle of the story. I just want to make sure you guys get to hear it.
5: Well, now I don't know how to do
1: that. Hello, hello, hello. You guys can hear us on uh, the radio, YouTube. All right. Good. I think we're good.
5: Um, All right. We're good. So we get the the food uh, ordered, and it's on its way. First of all, it took like an hour and a half on a Friday night. Brutal. Yeah, of course. Of course. Killing us. And when the order pulls up, I go out and grab it bring it to the kitchen, open the bag, and I go, that looks like less food than we ordered. Oh, yeah. We each ordered, you know, six wings or whatever each. And I look at the receipt. It was for Paul D. Paul D. Not Paul R. Paul D. So I don't know who is to blame. I think the DoorDash guy walks in, and they probably handed him a bag when he said for Paul. For Paul. And they just saw Paul, and they handed it over. We got Paul D's order. I got Paul D's order, so I don't necessarily know that Paul D got Paul R's order. Paul D may not have the same um, palette as Paul R. No, in fact, I can tell you he doesn't because when I looked at the receipt, there was a small box of onion rings. Which hey, I like onion All rings. Right, I'll eat those. Probably not the first thing I would have ordered from the no. wing place, but I digress. Uh there was a piece of caramel cheesecake. I'm not I'm not finding too much wrong with this yet so far. So I'm I'm two for two on going. Are there wings in this order? No wings. No wings. <laughs> I was trying to cheat, not go completely off the freaking wagon. I didn't need a drizzled caramel cheesecake. And then it was a double bacon cheeseburger with like ten additions and subtractions. Like blue cheese, mushrooms. I mean, this guy this ordered my dad. It was, every, Paul, it was
1: Gary W. <laughs> every topping
5: that was possible for a burger, he threw, he it, on, threw it on. it there. Up, and I just looked at it. And Megan walks into the kitchen. Goes, well, what happened? I go, uh, they they screwed up. She goes, oh, they forgot my order, didn't they? I go, no, go they, they didn't forget. They forgot both of ours. And I just <laughs> sat there. I had an hour and a half in anticipation of like you just uh, rage. We're finally going crazy tonight. It, it, I it, cheat a little bit. Yeah, it's get the, some good wins. There's no fruit like forbidden fruit, and you waited an hour
1: and a half for your forbidden fruit, and it showed up. No, in that blue cheese. Yeah, no, you on both it. you both have fairly
4: <coughs> common first names. Paul, Steve, very common. Ben is a little less so, but pretty common. Is there an argument to be made when you sign up for your DoorDash? that maybe you use a, a unique fake name, like Elvis. Like, if you signed up as Elvis Rindle. They're not going to mess up. They're not going to mess it up, way. because if the order's for Elvis, they're going to get the right <laughs> one. Like, there's no mistaking it, because there's not going to be another Paul that's probably ordering at the same time. I got a picture time.
5: of the receipt. Was, they also had a lemonade, which they just entirely forgot that. I would have drank the lemonade. Oh, they always 80%? <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, forget never the, drinks. the
5: drinks. 80%? Yeah. yeah. Caramel drizzled cheesecake, uh, Double cheeseburger with pepper jack mayo, two slices of bacon, mushrooms, lettuce, tomatoes, onions, pickle slices, Chipotle barbecue. Oh if my you, god! I, I'm sorry. If you want that
4: order, Paul D. If you, you want a burger, there. no. If you want a burger well, and cheesecake, yes! why are
5: not you ordering from the cheesecake factory? Thank you. And why are or, you ordering from Buffalo look, Wild? If things. I ordered honey barbecue, but Paul D. <laughs> ordered. You're medium buffalo. You're, not, fine, ordering, fine. you're wings. not
4: ordering wings.
5: You're ordering a burger <laughs> and cheesecake.
4: And onion There's rings. literally a restaurant that has it in its title <laughs> that that's I'm what sure can make it to
1: your house.
4: All right, the,
5: here's, the, here's the question, though. So you, did you eat any of it? Uh, we ate a couple of the onion rings, and I just threw the rest out. I was like, oh, I, I, do oh, not, I don't want like this. What a bu- now, Paul I mean, uh, Order Paul the D. right
4: food from the right places. If you're getting order yes. from DoorDash... Go with what they're known for, what they're better at. They've got
5: 69 different flavors of sauce for wings. If you want wings, order from Buffalo Wild Wings. I assumed I would have gotten somebody else's uh, you know, buffalo or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Different type of wings. I can live with that. You would have eaten those. I can live with that. So Paul D. But to get a burger, cheesecake, and onion rings from Buffalo Wild Wings.
1: Just as pissed as you were. Paul D was like, "Son of a bitch! I did not want a dozen wings. It's the last <laughs> thing I wanted. I specifically well, you, you shouldn't order, order, <laughs> order from Buffalo Wild Wings. Why I
4: first thought I'm going to order from Buffalo Wild Wings. What do you feel like? A oh, burger, cheesecake? Where, well, where should we go? And they ask <sighs>
1: Buffalo Wild Wings, of course. They always ask, you know, you, what did we screw up? So yeah, you get to go in and tell them what they missed, and they'll oh, refund you fourteen dollars. <laughs> you can use it to your next order. Yeah. But then you're sitting there and you're without the thing that you wanted. I, I mean, this—that's really when when my stuff gets forgotten. I'm a petulant child a lot. I mean, it's one Nothing thing, it's worse like, oh, I that.
5: wanted a condiment and they forgot right, that, or right, right, right. napkins and f- sure. forks, whatever. They forget that stuff all it's a the time. Whole different, whole different. Meal. But I mean, it wasn't even close to the same order. Oh, and then man. again, just the most bizarre order from a wing shop. Yeah, that is I could a weird Possibly thing. drawn
1: up. It's a weird one. Well, I'm sorry that happened it's to okay. you. Um, was it the universe telling you, hey? You're doing good. Stay on track. Stay on idiot. track. No. Could be. You never know. Now, Benjamin. Benjamin, Benjamin. I'm looking at your recap, and I, I don't really have words uh, for this.
4: I had a good weekend. I almost had a really, really, really <laughs> bad weekend. So Shelly was cooking all weekend for our Super Bowl party that you guys had no interest in coming right. to. You missed out on an absolute feast. I mean a feast. We had ribs, pulled pork, chili, Uh, Chicken wings, buffalo chicken dip, pickle dip, onion dip. We had mac and cheese. We had a couple of different salads. We had chocolate cake. We had s'mores bars. I'm missing probably five or six different things that she made. Just an absolute Super Bowl spread to end all Super Bowl spreads. But it required a lot of prep, including a about 12-hour slow slow smoked pork
1: shoulder say that. Say that fast. Slow smork shoulder. Slow, smork smork s- slow, slow <laughs> pork smork, slow smork pork. shoulder. Oh, I love the slow more mor- shoulder.
4: So she had to do it overnight, so she said on Saturday can you get the big green egg, our barbecue? Can you get it ready? Haven't used it in a while. I said, yeah, I'll fire it up, clean it out, so it'll be all ready for you, because she wanted to start it like at about 10, 11 p.m. Sure. So it'd be ready the next day, so she could pull it for the party and everything, and um so I did in the morning I fired it up, you know, let it burn kind of out, get it all clean and then I closed it up for a couple of hours, went and got ready for work, and then right before I left for work, I set up the barbecue for her so she could put it on later that evening while I was at work. Right. I had then I cleaned out the old, you know, the ashes that I had burned out, tossed them away. Didn't didn't really think about it much because, you know, it had been a little while and I thought, yeah, you know, cool, no worries about it. This is why they tell you though. Dampen your ashes before you put them in the trash. Apparently, there were still some hot embers, and I got five hours later. I get a call from Shelley. Goes to the uh, fire departments here because oh. our trash cans oh. caught fire smoldering. and not oh smoldering, God. completely in fuego, in fuego like completely burning up Uh, our son went out to throw something away and goes there's smoke and then as soon as he opened it it just Uh burst into flames completely melted destroyed our entire trash can and the start of the fence was charred but fortunately not burned it's in our side it's in our side yard didn't get to the house fortunately but uh you know we are i was very close to burning down our entire house possibly our neighborhood as well on saturday all's well that that ends well and I'm going to take some of our uh, amazing leftovers and bring them to the uh, the fire department, the Encinitas uh, fire crew that showed up and <sighs> helped put out our, our trash can. So I will be needing to uh, get a couple of replacements. The recycling bin also melted uh, the front of it, so we'll need a new one of those as well.
1: Squirrely says, smooth move.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: very, uh, very smooth. <laughs> not good. What an insult when we were eight. Yes, yeah, smooth move, x lax was one of my favorites when yes. I was a kid. Smooth move, X lax Holy crap, Benjamin.
4: I will uh, post a picture of the destruction oh my and God. damage. Um, my Saturday mistake. And we'll just post that right there. And oh now everyone God. can see. And Pauly can even put it up on the chat if he wants when he gets there. But... Again, thank you to the, uh, the brave Encinitas firefighters who.
1: Oh my god, there's the picture! (laughs) Holy crap!
4: I told you, it, it wasn't, this wasn't just a little tiny fire, this was a significant. Like, almost burned down the house sort of thing. Oh, so. Benjamin. Oh, Benjamin. Yeah. Holy it got, cow. It got completely...
1: So you got his Saturday mistake, and then the tweet that's under it that says, Discover more from Benjamin Higgins says, Ladee picks up his fourth <laughs> foul for something way less than <laughs> how he got hammered with no call on the other end. That was That
4: was Friday's mistake <laughs> for the Aztecs, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's, there's not much left. I mean, that was uh, that that bin oh was bigger God. than the recycling bin before Dude, it started. That Thing just is, got melted. That is. That's you can see lovely. a little bit of the fence behind it got singed. Oh but, yeah, uh, is is okay for the most part? And it
1: was contained in the can, just smoldering inside. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah just kind of burned inside, inside out there.
1: Well, I'm glad everyone's okay. And yeah. uh, how'd you get it out?
4: Water? Well, they they when I wasn't there, so they right. put the hose on it and called the fire department, okay. and they put the big hose on it to completely put it out when they got there. And they said, you know what, we were bored to tears. There was no calls. We've been there for hours. <laughs> Thank you Nothing for almost happened. burning down your neighborhood. They said they were actually kind of glad for something to come do on a Saturday afternoon. They said
1: so. I do appreciate uh, their services and uh, firemen do the best. They're, they're true absolute heroes. true heroes, <laughs> saving uh, idiots like us from burning down. Our homes. Glad that everybody is safe and sound uh, inside the Higgins household. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, ours was, compared to those two, I, I got nothing. <laughs> Went out to dinner, had a great, great time at dinner with some friends, and uh, laid on my ass most of the day Saturday, and to be honest, most of the day yesterday. Uh, my wife was supposed to take the kids away so that I could be unfettered, oh, but no. I, I was very fettered yesterday. Very, extremely, extremely fettered most of the day. So uh, it is what it is. It is. It is what it is.
4: Someone just said firefighters, EST3 yeah. says firefighters probably red flagged your house. Now, oh, What yeah. does that mean? That means
1: you're on the watch list.
4: Is that good or bad? That they have oh, a list of
1: morons and they have check right. marks. I'd Higgins. rather be
4: on that list. Like We better respond quickly to if anything thing happens people. at
1: this house. Sounds like a good list to be on. Like Mike says We are you're ready a, to jump. He, Mike says, you're, now this is going to kill him. It's going to ruin his day. Mike says also you're getting a bill in the mail for like 2500 That's what I was expecting. I don't really know how it works. For what?
4: Don't our taxes already go toward well, fire and emergency? For? I don't know how that works. Like, well, I know, like when you get an ambulance, they send like it's a private company, but you got to pay, and the private you, company you, sends a bill to you, your insurance. You're like,
5: going to have to replace your bins.
4: Yeah, I will definitely have to replace my Dang, bins. bins? That's not three grand for a bin. It's I,
5: the service of them coming out and
4: they'll no the bins the replacements like a hundred and something bucks. I, I think right. I saw, but what's the bill for the bill? Firefighters,
1: firefighters coming out? Do you don't ask? have to pay firefighters. Isn't that what our taxes go toward? I thought so. Again, another thing you can add to the list of <laughs> I don't know what our taxes really that's do. That's a good point. I okay? don't really know how that works. Insurance, no idea how it works. Taxes, no idea what that goes Oh,
5: Somebody's for. saying, is that because, like did they do that if it's a false alarm? This wasn't a false alarm. Something was I, on fire. Bro, yeah. I've
1: told you guys about my buddy that works down in Spring Valley that's the fire chief. And he showed me the the list. He goes, people call us. And they're like, can you help me find my medication? And they have to go over there and give <laughs> them their medication. No, this wasn't that. This so, is what 911 is for. Like, I highly like. doubt those people over there are like, <laughs> here's your 2500 darling. Thanks for coming. I doubt very much that you're going to get a bill. You, you have to keep us in the loop, though. I don't know. I'll keep you updated on the story. Ooh, what happens when uh, you accidentally set your trash can on fire. All right. Let's set the menu next. On Bennon Woods.
4: Sounds good. Uh We'll check traffic, and we will get started. Tons to get to. We will be out live in spring training today, of course. Don't go anywhere on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. So I feel like we're going to kind of bounce back and forth between the start of Padres spring training and yesterday's Super Bowl. Sure. This morning, I can tell you that at seven thirty-five, we'll have the first of our daily check-ins with Sammy Spring Training. <laughs> Sammy Levitt made his way out to Peoria on Saturday. He took the long way to get there. Did you see that on his journey? The he long stopped- way. Well, he stopped it in Alpine, which is on the way out on the eight. To get his coffee. But then he he his next tweet was from lunch in Calexico. And I'm going, I don't I don't drive through Calexico on my way to to Phoenix. No, you you, you go straight through the Yuma? eight to Yuma, El Centro, Yuma to Calexico you gotta you gotta it's take veer. that veer when you get out of the mountains to the south yeah. and go toward the border. I mean oh, it's yeah. it's on the way, but it's definitely a little bit of an extra drive. So he wanted to, right, he wanted Acatio, to experience you could,
5: we stay on the eights yeah. and go towards Yuma and the yeah. at what is that, the ninety 90- eight he yeah. can jog down over. toward
4: Colexico I've never been to Calexico, the great uh, home of Ruben Niebla.
1: Maybe Sammy's a desert rat and wanted to stop <laughs> and ride. Well, he knew so, he knew some taco place to go to. He was some eating tacos. but yeah. Bar-
4: tacos. Barilla. I'm working on it. I really am. And he,
1: boy, he got right in there with that camera, and he gave it one of those, the dip, and then the... <pak costing> <flawapping> and I was like, all right, that's the... I, I like, tell me how good it. Is. Right. I don't know that I need to the see. I mean, there's, there's
4: Mexican food on the route, if that's what you were looking for. But I have to ask him what, what drew him to Calexico I in mean, particular. Probably
1: those tacos, if I had to guess.
4: Seemed yeah. like they were All good. Right,
5: how, how far out of the way is it? I don't know, it's probably an extra
4: 20, 30, 40 minutes to yeah, get down it looks to like Calexico. It goes, yeah. once,
5: you, once you veer over, it's, it yeah. just goes parallel. It's with not the, the highway
4: where you know Woods drives... A hundred. Eighty-five. A hundred. <laughs> hundred. Right. You have to go a little bit slower, I believe, on that road. Oh, it's just the pass. one lane. You know, you can get behind someone. You're going to have to wait until you can go across. Do you – on those lanes, like no, those highway I get, roads? I get nervous about you passing. You don't do the, the dotted well, line
1: pass? I will if it's very clear that I'm in the – that I'm safe. Very, very clear. But I don't – I'm not super aggressive on my passes,
4: so uh, Sammy did make it to uh, Peoria and then was there yesterday as Padres Pitchers and Catchers reported. The online content at our 97.3 oh, The Fan social media accounts was
1: incredible Well, it's yesterday. all Sammy. That's all Sammy and that is all yes. Sammy absolutely knocked it out of the park on day. That's the thing. i got to talk to him. You don't. You don't set the precedent on day one of this, because now Adam's going to be like, hey, you only did 19 videos today. Day one was 40. You got to crawl a little bit. He, he, I, I got to manage Sammy a little bit better. Yeah. Do that's we on, have, you, that's can, on you. That's on me. That's so on this. you. Can, he is. Can, can we gonna, play
4: Yuki's uh, a little yeah. bit of the sound here? Because Adam, our boss, was oh, he, so
1: excited. He was, when he texted us yesterday I, during the Super Bowl, I, <laughs> yeah, during the Super Bowl, by the way, I promise you, he was pantsless at his computer <laughs> pantsless i would bet anything that he was pantsless i'm
4: sure you've probably seen it because this tweet has gone around now more than two million times from our 97.3 uh, the fan account nothing but it makes him happy new padres reliever yuki matsui's first greeting to uh, the the media that had uh, gathered in peoria and he wanted to read a statement and he learned and Let's not discount how difficult this is. Come on, imagine you going to Japan for the first time and trying to learn enough Japanese to be able to not just like order something at a sushi bar, but to like give an official statement to a gathered group, and there were a lot of a lot of media there, a lot of cameras, and you've got to stand up in front of. Television cameras and microphones and reporters. Awesome and speak in Japanese and you've never spoken Japanese before. You've just been learning it at home. So let's not discount how impressive this was from Yuki Matsui. But this, uh, yeah, this post went around uh, over two million times yesterday.
6: Hi, hello everyone. My name is Yuki Matsui. Hola, onda todos And Spanish. Yuki Matsui. Uh, You can call me Yuki uh, Matsui. Uh, matcha, or whatever. Now, first of all, I would like to thank all the people who supported me to have this moment today. And The team Padres and uh, gen- general manager AJ, thank you for trusting me and giving me this chance. And my agents, Michael, Brian, and Koya, I'm so grateful for your amazing support to make this happen. And my wife, Anna, also encouraged me a lot to make, make this major life decision for the entire family. Thank you, love you. Now, uh-huh. so excited! I'm so excited to join such an amazing team like Padres. Es my padre. Padresimo. Secondly, uh, I would like to thank my parents, uh, my former team, Tohoku Rakuten, Golden Eagles, and all my fans with, uh, who su- supported me for 10 years in Japan. Without your support, uh, I would not be here today and not be what I am now. Lastly, uh, to San Diego and all Padres fans, nice to meet you. Uh, Mucho gusto. Here I promise you that I'll always give my best to bring you wins and joy through my pitches. Uh, My family and I are so glad to be a part of this beautiful city, so we would be happy if you give us a warm welcome. Thank you very much. Muchas gracias. A warm welcome. I'll die for you.
1: How about that? Is that enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll die for that guy Amazing. right now. <laughs> Guy's got tears in my eyes right it's now. It's 6.30 on a Monday.
4: All right, yeah. You see him around town Buy that guy oh, he's Make him feel very welcome whatever in San Diego. he wants,
1: man. you got tears in my eyes right now. The sweetest thing I've ever heard in my whole life.
4: But that uh, that post went viral, and Adam was very excited. Oh,
1: pantsless text About in the Sammy's, middle of the Super Bowl. Sammy's content. All it was was the picture <laughs> and then the number circle. And I wrote, That's too bad we don't make any money for that, Adam. It's and like
5: it, we're talking fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Yeah, fourth
1: quarter of the Super Bowl. Like, There's already a million views. I'm like, Oh my God. It's he's a sweet angel though. I mean, great job, Sammy. Uh, but yeah, Sammy did probably did a little too much yesterday. Yeah. And, we'll talk to uh, him about uh, it. If you an didn't hour. see
4: the rest of the content, we've got audio from uh, Joe Musgrove, uh, Mike Schilt talked yesterday, and uh, and more on the first day of Padres spring training. We'll have that for you coming up. But uh, next, let's let's start with the um, let's start with the game, the actual game yeah. yesterday. Uh, I thought you know, Polly put it best. The first three quarters were not a good
1: Super Bowl. Absolutely.
5: But we'll, remem- fast we'll remember. This. We saw how the game was. It was a close game, and I go, this has been ass. It's this been entire t- game has sucked. The first half was like, hold your right. lids open. But like, I, I saw the score, and I go, it's probably going to have some amazing finish, yep. and everyone's going to come on Monday morning and oh, be like, great. what a great, entertaining Super Bowl. I no, know. it was an entertaining, like, eight minutes. Yeah.
4: But it'll be remembered as one of the great Super Bowls for the last quarter and the overtime and what happened in the end the decision by the 49ers to take the ball first some people criticize them for it we can discuss that and patrick mahomes building on a legacy that is already very impressive for a guy
1: uh, so young still in his career imagine imagine making that guy the underdog and giving his team points he got patrick mahomes got points over brock purdy last night let that sink in okay I don't know that you'll ever
4: be getting points in a Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl ever again.
1: Shouldn't have gotten them this, in this Super Bowl either.
4: And uh, hopefully, some of you cashed in on that yesterday. Some of us did. I thought. I think you might have. So we'll get to that coming up next with Ben Woods on a Monday, San Diego's number one sports station, ninety-seven three, the fan.
3: 15 seconds to go in the overtime 22-19 San Francisco McKinnon is in it running back first down and goal to go, play action fake, right side throw, touchdown Kansas City McCall Hardman McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side a three touchdown pass in overtime Kansas City wins the game 25 22
4: I think I think I was most amused by Michael Hardman saying I blacked out. Well, yeah, I didn't completely. even know I scored. Didn't know he won it. <laughs> like, didn't know what was happening. Why are you coming to he celebrate? Didn't kind of it's turn
5: like... once he got in the end zone. <laughs> yeah, of right, sound, like, like, probably looking for a flag or right. something. He goes, did, did "That just happened." Did we both We, won? Did we, we, won? Won? we won the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, I didn't even and I know. caught it. I caught it. I, that was me. What a moment! What a moment! <laughs> Incredible
4: uh, finish to. Uh, a very thrilling fourth quarter and overtime. A spectacle like no other. The first ever Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Crazy. I can't imagine what the after parties were like last night in Las Vegas. <laughs> well, I can't imagine that
1: anyone who was there would even be conscious at 6 a.m. the next morning. Our buddy, Dan Buckingham, who's one of our uh, sales people here at Odyssey, I saw him on Instagram yesterday. Now, he was out in Vegas. Dan joins us right now. Dan, were you, uh, were you at the game or just watch a game from, I don't know, the Playboy Mansion, which is what it looked like uh, on your Instagram? <laughs> oh, God, come on. Don't pull me up that bad. Okay, I will.
3: Because uh, um, I'm sure Michael and everyone else is on here. Too. Oh, hi, Michael, Hello, our Michael. boss. He's no, always he's he was, here. Don't worry. He was there. It oh, looked, like, said, he was, he's always looked like he was
1: there selling and working and, and all that. But were, did you go to the game?
3: I uh, You know, I didn't want to spend $10,000 like that. Yep. Uh, being in Vegas in and of itself was absolutely incredible. This whole weekend was a spectacle, to say the least. I was at the Mardi Gras Ballroom here at the Orleans, uh, oh, and it was 90% 49er fans. It was pretty epic. You're a Niners fan, so I'm sorry for the loss. 90 percent of the game, it's okay, you know? It's sports, right? I yep. mean, it win is. some, you lose some. But, uh, man, what a game. You know, I... Uh, The one thing I was questioning was, given the you know taking the ball first um, in uh, in that overtime, yeah, Yeah, I kind of thought maybe we should better let our defense, you know, see if we can stop Mahomes, and then maybe I don't know, but to give him the ball. I mean, I thought the 49ers were about to get a touchdown there, and uh, they blew it. Gave Mahomes a chance. You can't do that, man. Not that
1: guy. You're. It's. You're absolutely right, Danny. Sorry. Go lick your wounds. Uh, at the Orleans, we'll see you when you get back to the office, buddy. Thanks for calling in. I'm, Thanks, Dan. I am sorry. Not the...
4: everybody realizes that even if the Forty ers had scored a touchdown, correct, the game would not have been over. Correct. This is, was not like a regular season game. They changed those rules. They tried I to forgot. explain. They tried to explain it on the telecast, and I'm not sure it it totally got over to everyone because a lot of people are not watching with sound or not completely paying attention to the game and what the announcers are saying. But the playoff overtime rules in football, which haven't come into play yet because there hasn't been any overtime games in the last couple of years, were implemented for the first time yesterday. And even if San Francisco had scored a touchdown with the ball first, the Chiefs would have had a chance to get the ball, go down and and match the touchdown to either keep the game going, or they could have gone for a two-point conversion to win the game if they had scored a touchdown on the second
1: possession of overtime. Now, it did make sense to me, and Jeff in the chat brings it up, the announcers mentioned one reason San Francisco took the ball was to give that defense that had just been out on the field a rest as they had just had to drive against the Chiefs to tidy. Yeah, I I didn't think about that in 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 every football now what happens if you win the toss we'll we'll defer we'll take we'll wait we'll wait we'll wait i was surprised when they did it then romo said man you got to remember that defense was just on the field they were just on the field go down Score and then you can stop them. I, and think, I, I think thought I thought it was sound reasoning. I, I see guess. the argument for both I, sides. I, yeah. dis-
4: I disagree with that reasoning 100%. I'm going to explain why. We'll do that right after a check of traffic here on 97-3 The Fan. So, yeah, the uh, uh, the announcers, Jim Nance, Tony Romo, said one of the reasons maybe the 49ers took the ball to start overtime rather than deferring, knowing we're still going to get a possession no matter what was because they wanted to keep that Chiefs defense on the field, keep their offensive momentum going. I don't think that would be, for me, the reason to take the football first. There is definitely there's an advantage to knowing what your opponent did. Like in college football, the college football overtime system where they get the ball at the 25-yard line and each team gets a possession – you definitely want to be the team that goes second, right? Yeah. There's no yep. no one has ever argued the strategy. They all defer and let the other team go first because if they score a field goal, we know well we need a, a touchdown to win. If they don't score at all, they go. All we need is a field goal to win. There's a huge advantage there you can to going, going
5: third down in case there's a miss. Yeah, exactly. Snap. There's
4: a huge advantage there to going second, and in this case, the Chiefs. You could see it. They had a big advantage knowing every. Every series was four down territory since the 49ers went down and kicked a field goal. We can't punt. We know we're going on fourth down, which means on third and six changes your play call, your strategy. That is an advantage for the offensive team to be able to go second to know that, you know, what they have to do. So did San Francisco make a giant mistake in taking the ball first? Not necessarily. And I don't think it had anything to do with tired defense. Remember, if the two teams match their score on the first possession of overtime. Let's say the Chiefs had stopped and had to kick a field goal. Then it becomes sudden death. And when you get the ball first, you also get the ball third, which means you have the advantage of then getting the first shot at winning with any kind of score on the third time around. So there is an advantage to going first there if the overtime ends up stretching beyond the two possessions. In this case, it did not. The Chiefs smartly and you know, correctly went down the field, scored the touchdown, won the game, and San Francisco didn't get to touch it again. But to me, this is why they have finally, this is the correct overtime method. This should be the overtime method all season long as well. Because Is it
1: just for Super Bowl?
4: It's just for the playoffs. Playoffs? The uh, regular season, if you score a touchdown first, the game is over, over. And the other team doesn't get to touch the ball. But the reason why I think it's correct is that I don't know, and I don't think the... The analysts truly know what is the more advantageous do. side, whether it's to get the ball first or to get the ball second. There's a really good argument
5: for both sides, which means, hence, it's about as fair as you can make it. Well, all I know is that the team that's gone second has won 100% of the time. That's true.
4: <laughs>
1: that's, that's very true. <laughs> that is true so far.
4: Want so far. Small,
1: small sample size. But,
4: but had, you know, had, had the 49ers defense come up with a red zone stop, and forced a field goal, we would have, we would have been saying, boy, 49ers, that was smart to take the ball first because now they've got a chance to go down, kick a field goal and win the game. And I think you can make a pretty good argument for getting the ball first and you can make a pretty good argument for deferring and getting the ball second. And because of that, it, it makes me feel like the NFL has finally gotten an overtime rule correct in that you shouldn't give either team a
1: huge advantage based on the flip of a coin. No doubt. To decide a game. Always hated the the coin flip bit. I think this is very fair. Uh, let's talk about the very obvious pressure. And they were talking about it all night. And to see some of the players that normally are fairly unflappable, right? Christian McCaffrey doesn't cough up the football. Isaiah Pacheco does not make as many mistakes. There was one point, and they went to Shanahan on the sideline, and he was holding the play sheet. Did you guys catch this? And his hands were shaking. I mean, the pressure was tremendous. You could see it on defense. You could see it on offense. I will say this, too. My overarching thought of the game, it's the first thing I said to you guys when you walked in. I'm really—I was very impressed by the referees last night. Very, very, very impressed. Bill Vinovich. Bill Vinovich. You knocked it out of the park. So did your entire crew. You had to call the obvious calls that the Chiefs were just shooting themselves in the foot after seemingly every play. And you thought, man, they're going to lose it. They're going to lose it. They're going to end up blowing this game. Um, But I thought they called a really good game. I think they let them play. I would have hated that discourse after a huge game like that, Benny, of, oh, he missed this. It was a catch, or oh my God, how did he not see him holding on to the jersey like there was really none of that, none of that today. I thought that was a very fairly called game the the every you know the narrative about the chiefs as they've been getting every call. I didn't think that was the case at all uh i thought I thought it was really well officiated, and the refs this morning breathing easy, having their morning coffee, knowing <laughs> nobody's after us today. I did not see anything I thought was egregious or anything like that uh that was missed or called, so I thought. Great job there, but the pressure. The the they're running the football Ben right down the Chiefs' throats. And you're looking at I I was like this is going to be bad. If they can do this all game, Chiefs Chiefs cannot counter. It felt like they kind of got away from that too. They like, well they did. Like, and they were talking about in the second half, they came out with six straight passes yeah. the Niners did. And,
5: and Purdy was fine. He was fine. Yeah. you got a guy like
1: You got McCaffrey. McCaffrey. But does that fumble does that fumble Make you change your play calling a little bit. That one fumble from a guy that's not you know doesn't do that a lot.
5: I don't know, man. I I didn't see George Kittle at all. You barely saw Debo Samuel at all. Debo
1: had the one big, the huge, huge play late in the game, and that's with a a hamstring. Kittle had a big
5: first down. Yep, but they were pretty quiet. They
1: were pretty quiet, man. I thought. I thought. The pressure of that game, you could tell. It was just weighing down on them, and it was crazy.
4: You know, we're often wrong in our predictions, so I'll give us all credit for this one. We all picked the Chiefs, yeah. Um, and I forget the final scores. I think I, I had them by three. It was, I think I had 31-28, so it wasn't quite as 10. high scoring, but we all had the Chiefs, and I thought the discussion we had, and, and I know I thought this. I think you guys kind of agreed with me. I still think the 49ers are the better team. And when you look at them in total, that they're probably a little deeper. They've got a little more talent overall than the Chiefs, but the Chiefs somehow know just how know win. how to win games know how to in win the games. end. And Patrick Mahomes was the better quarterback. And by the way, this is not a slight on Brock Purdy. Thought he played really well. Thought he did everything he needed to do to give his team a chance to win that game. Didn't make any big mistakes. Made some good throws, timely throws that they needed to have. This was not the San Francisco 49ers losing this game. I don't think they're going to sit and kick themselves forever and ever. Oh, will. you will, but there were no... I mean, yes, the, uh, the, the punt... The
1: muffed punt was Whoa. brutal. Yeah, it
4: hits some, the back of someone's leg that can't possibly see where it's coming from. I mean, you can say he should have yelled louder to move. You're in a loud stadium. That's a, just some bad luck in in my mind. Sure. You can't, you've got to overcome some bad luck to win a Super Bowl, and they did not overcome that luck. But to me... The Chiefs just know how to win. And at this point, if you could start a football team, you could take any player on any roster and we're building our team around this guy. Is there any argument for anyone other than Patrick Mahomes no, at this point? There's really not. You'd be crazy to build your team around anyone else. Yeah, the I, guy just knows how to win football games, especially in the most
1: clutch of circumstances. I was not, you know, when it was 10 3 at half, I was like, Niners, you 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 missed your chance here. You you needed to put this team away, and I thought you had opportunities to do it. And if you want to, if you're going to lament anything, it's that you know it's, you're going to lament not dominating that first half. But what would you feasibly need to be up to feel comfortable against Patrick Mahomes? Seventeen three twenty four three, and even then. But when I'll tell you, the Chiefs came out in the second half. They got the ball. The first play from scrimmage loses twelve yards. Pacheco <laughs> boots that. And I'm going, oh, my God, you should not give him the ball the rest of the game. And he ended up having some pretty yeah, tough the Chiefs runs. The had
4: more negative plays, did. bad plays than the, the 49ers did. Who that
5: like, had forward progress stopped?
1: And then and ran then back backwards, backwards, backwards like, like six, out, six out, yards. In overtime, kept, like I thought that, that was going to cost him oh the game God. there,
7: perhaps. They made but, all
1: these mistakes, and they still found a way to win that game. Um, that's a testament of a, a great team that knows yeah, how you, to win.
4: Usually when you say the team that made the most mistakes loses the game. <laughs> Honestly, the Chiefs made the most mistakes in that game. The 49ers didn't make as many mistakes. Even the two fumbles by the running backs kind of offset each they other. Uh, McCaffrey and, and Pacheco both had fumbles. Where it looked like their team was running in to possibly score. So those offset. Yeah, there was the special teams fumble, which to me was just a, a bit of bad luck that the 49ers couldn't overcome. But... The Chiefs have something about them that I mean, when they need a win, they know how to get a win, and dude, it's 49ers. Fans it's impressive. Be
5: happy that this game even went to overtime because you gave Mahomes a chance to win it at the end of regulation, yeah, and then he didn't get the job done there. But you gave him another chance. Well, he got another chance in overtime. and You're like, dude, you can't give this guy that many chances. He's knew that he,
1: good. You knew he was, and he get, took over with he, his legs. You knew he was going to get the tying field goal. That's the one thing I think that they missed. Um, the Niners did. Brock Purdy using his legs a little bit more um in the in the second half at least he threw the ball pretty well that that drive with that drive before the chiefs got it back for the field goal the first throw he makes was just a rocket right in the middle of the field catch you know i'm like okay they're going to let him air this thing out um but yeah dude like brock purdy did not play terribly he could have probably used his legs a little bit more um but other than that man thought it was a really well played game uh, both teams made mistakes. They both ate, they both overcame them. It was a good Super Bowl. It was uh, a good second. Yeah, round. there
4: was a lot of tension. I mean, that fourth down in overtime when Mahomes carried it himself, Oh my! God. I was even feeling it. Not, not even caring who won the tension of that play, knowing if they stop them, the game is over, you win the Super oh. Bowl right there. That was great sports theater, great sports drama throughout that overtime, and... Uh, it'll go down, like like Paul said, terrible first almost three quarters, but probably will end up as one of the, the greatest Super Bowls that we remember because of the great fourth quarter and overtime ending.
1: I'd watch it again. I'd watch that game again. Just pick it, it was, up, though, in the last quarter. Pick it up. You, the last you don't
4: need to watch the first three quarters again. That was, yeah. that was fantastic. All right. We are one hour in. Uh, we will turn our attention now to Peoria, Arizona, Padres. Uh, reporting pitchers and catchers to spring training yesterday we're going to hear from uh, some of the guys who are there michael king uh, is definitely someone you're going to i think be very excited about as we get to know him a little bit more with the san diego padres we'll hear from him joe musgrove and more in our second hour also play a little take on what's coming up next all ahead on san diego's number one sports station 97.3 the fam
0: odyssey celebrates father's day brought to you by t-mobile you can count on t-mobile to help you stay connected on america's largest 5g network tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions
8: in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports
2: the clock at four donchich the step back three you bet
0: music
3: you said my world on
4: So Kyle Shanahan did say after the game that it was a predetermined decision to go for – to take the ball first yes. in overtime. That was their strategy. They wanted to be the one with the first and third possession, as we discussed, if the game went to OT. But we were just talking about it during the break. I don't know. If you're the team that gets the ball second, like the Chiefs did, even if um, if the 49ers had scored a touchdown and then you went down and scored a touchdown – can you really afford to kick an extra point and then give the ball back no. to the Forty ers knowing that now now they can win the game with any any point? Any the score. field goal yep. wins the game. They get a good kickoff return. They're already close to field goal range. You've basically lost it. You, you don't even get a chance to touch the ball again. I think if you're the second team, you go for two and try to win the game right there. Win it or lose it in your hands, which means there will never be a third possession, which means there's no advantage to having the first and third possession if there's almost no chance there will ever be a third Correct. possession. Now, if you both get field goals, there will be a third possession. You can't necessarily just give up a field. If it's fourth and ten and you're at the 30 and you got to kick a field goal to tie the game, then the 49ers would have gotten that third possession. that
5: uh, Kyle Shane. Here's a quick answer of what he had to say about it.
3: Uh, it's just something we talked about with... You know, none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we decided to be better. We wanted the ball third.
6: We were matched in
3: sport. We wanted to be the ones who have the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least a field goal, and if, if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that.
4: Mm. Didn't mm. know that uh, that Goose was one of the reporters there in the uh, the post game yeah, he session. He heard yeah.
5: analytics. He heard Just analytics. He lost couldn't his help mind. himself. Yeah, right. Goose
4: Gosage, uh, Dallas uh, Dallas Morning News. Yeah, <laughs> you're
1: a nerd too. You're a nerd too, Kyle. <laughs> hey, you're Kyle. a nerd too. Thank you. Thank you.
4: All right, let's turn our attention to your San Diego Padres who are uh, waking up early in Peoria, getting back to work for day two of Padres' uh, spring training. Usually pitchers and catchers' reporting is a fairly innocuous day. Uh, It's mostly exams and paperwork, but they were actually out there getting some work done, and I think that is part of the urgency that Mike Schilt wants to install at this spring training for the San Diego Padres. And I I think urgency is going to be a, A watchword this season, Woods, for the Padres, after what happened last year, um, for a number of reasons. First of all, you got a short spring. You're heading to Korea in a matter of weeks, about four weeks. You're getting on a plane and heading to Korea. So you've got a compressed time frame. So everything that you do in your preparation for the season is going to have to be done with a little more purpose, a little more urgency to get ready for the season. And then after the year they had last year, in which it felt like they could not muster that urgency early in the season and kept kept waiting for their talent to take over, I doubt that we're going to see a similar scenario where you hear a lot of people say, hey, just wait, back to the baseball card,
1: everything's going to be fine. So wait, That's not going to fly this year. Dude, a couple weeks ago, you came in here and you never told this on the air. You just told us off the air. You heard an interview with Nick Martinez on MLB Network Radio, and it was so good, and I was like, oh, we got to tell this on the air. We totally forgot to do it, and it kind of of explains a little bit, at least from his perspective, a guy that was there the entire season, what exactly happened with the Padres. Well, I thought
4: it was interesting, because it's Nick now with the Cincinnati Reds, and he sat down for an hour with those MLB Network Radio guys, and he really has nothing to cover up or hide. He's not coming back to the Padres now. So you can be a little more honest in your assessment of what happened. And the first thing, the first takeaway I got is he was very adamant. Everyone thought we had clubhouse issues. He said, no, we had a great clubhouse. We had fun. We were together. We did things off the field. The whole team, when we were in Miami, they all came to my dad's house. He made his famous paella. We had." We had team bonding. We were together. It was a really good clubhouse. That wasn't it. It wasn't off the field issues that sunk the Padres last year. He felt like early in the season, they kept, they they, they the message was, let's not panic. No, that's it. We're 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 going to be okay. We got a bunch of good players. The last thing we want to do is panic here early in the season and make a bunch of big changes and yep. start worrying and then get us get ourselves off our plan and our yes. rails so for the first few months of the season it was like we can, we not we're not going to let the standings or our win loss record right now dictate what we know is the right thing to do we're a good team we're going to stay the course we're not going to panic
1: balls not bouncing our way yep. sometimes we're losing those yep. close so, ones okay so they refused
4: worry. to do anything to like change the urgency of the team and then of course as the season started Slipping away and it was July and August. They go, Oh God, we got to crank this thing up 11 notches and we got to get going and hit the gas. And at that point, it went from <laughs> don't panic to we are all pressing. We are this pressing panic every time. single game and we're not giving our best performance because we are pressing constantly. So they went from not enough urgency to too much urgency. On the flip of a dime, and were never able to lock in where they needed to do in the correct middle zone of the season, playing with some urgency, but also not panicking about every little thing that goes wrong over the course of a year.
1: And that that is such a uh, that's such an interesting thing when you think about the the entirety of a baseball season, just how long it is. And yeah, man, you can get off to a slow start, and blah 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 blah. But I, I did look, I did like what he said. I did like what he said about. The fact that they were together. Because, yeah, there was a lot of questions. Like, do these guys care? Do they like each other? Blah, blah, blah. Apparently they did. And and I think we've heard from more than one person that the clubhouse was fine last year. But, boy, the rumors start getting out uh, last season of this guy and this guy. And these guys don't get along. And this guy will only hit here. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Yeah, it was a bad look. It was a bad look for for most of the season.
4: So Joe Musgrove was one of the guys who spoke yesterday. And he kind of addressed a little bit about that issue of last season versus this season and what identity he'd like to see the 2024 Padres take
7: yeah I think we need to do a better job of you know identifying what our identity is as a team you know from the get-go of spring training I felt like we had expectations of what we expected of ourselves as a group and it wasn't talked you know openly and out loud enough uh, for everybody to understand what that was so we found ourselves in a little bit of a hole early on and trying to Find your identity when your backs against the wall is a little difficult. So I think we need to set the tone, you know, early on in spring training and figure out what those things are that we're gonna, you know, what the standards are here, and uh, make sure everyone's on the same page.
1: Because if you were gonna ask us or a lot of Padres fans out there that follow the team pretty closely, what is the identity of this team? I I don't know what I would have said. I would have said, "Hey man, when the going gets tough, these guys fold." That was the identity. It looked like when we're down. You know, and and it wasn't the identity that it looked like. It was what they said. It was Xander Bogart saying, "When we get down a run, my shoulders slump, and I want to dig a hole, something to that effect. That's not the identity you want to have. Hey, we're quitters. We quit. And when we get down, uh, we realize the game's over. I like what Joe had to say yesterday. I hope it's implemented. I feel like it will be.
4: Uh, and I think identity is sometimes crafted by the media, which I, I don't know that that does a team much good. But, hey, this team has stolen a bunch of bases at the start of the season. They're the running team. They're going to be aggressive all year. And that's not always necessarily the strategy. We saw the Padres <laughs> flip on a dime. They didn't steal much early. They started stealing more. I don't know that it changed their identity much. So... You know, identity can be a good thing, but mostly I I think what Joe was saying was similar to what Nick was trying to indicate, and that was, you know, trying to find it when you are then pressing and in a hole is the worst situation. And that's what they ended up doing last year, that they were trying to create some sort of, you know, momentum later in the season, and they were never able to get it going. Uh, because they got off to such a slow start. We need a contestant for Take on Woods. We're about a minute away, and the phone lines are wide open. If you want to try to qualify, head to that uh, town where they just had the big game yesterday. Trip for uh, two to Vegas uh, at 833 three two eight We'll play our musical trivia game with Woodsy here in a minute. Give us a call,
1: 833 288
5: wonder if you're looking at what I just I think I'm looking at told. what
1: I've been getting. Uh,
5: Four people have told us. About
1: 15 people have said. <laughs>
4: Would you say this is a tease a possible precursor to some breaking news
1: either that or you're just reliving some glory days one of the two I mean posting a bunch of posting a bunch of girls I went out with in college on my Instagram I it's gonna lead my wife to think something's up jerks and Profars of an hour ago Benny has posted on his Instagram about a how long can you post a story like two minutes or something Not a minute Oh, boy. So nothing
5: he, but Padres highlights. Nothing but Padres highlights. And nothing then, from the Rockies last
1: no, year. Not one damn thing. And then it says, jobs not done. Nothing from the Rangers no, several no. years ago. No, 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 no. It just says, jobs not done. So it leads me to speculate and leads everybody <laughs> to spec that and uh, Profar will be a San Diego Padre before the day's end. Oh, um is that a is that a jump? Like we've all just
4: assumed the entire off season that that move was eventually coming. Right. <laughs> all right, that is a pretty clear indication uh that is a pretty clear indication that I think Jurksen Profar is likely on his way. I mean, no one has sent us any official emails, but that would be a weird Statement to make and a weird Instagram story to post. If you were very remember. straight, and I'd like to announce I am signing with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Here's here's Job's
1: not done. Here's all my best highlights from the Mikey Show. <laughs> <laughs> Job's <Stop>. not done. <laughs> what are we doing right? All right. Well,
4: let's uh, let's wait for the Jerickson Profar news <laughs> incoming while we play a little game of Take on Woods.
3: It's time for Take on Woods. Gone. woods on
4: woods oh, i see a familiar looking name here on the list uh caller uh identify yourself please what's up guys big time uh fan of your show here my name's chris chris How uh, we doing? all right chris you want to play take on woods
3: Yes, absolutely.
4: All right. Here's how it works, Chris. Uh, You will get 60 seconds to answer as many of the five musical trivia questions as you can. Woods will come back in. And if you beat or tie him, you'll qualify for our grand prize drawing getaway to Vegas. Two nights uh, to uh, the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino and tickets to Air Supply, performing May 31st and June 1st at the International Theater. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Take on Woods is brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. It only takes 15 minutes. You don't have to get out of your car. For directions and discounts, go to SoCalOilChange.com. That's SoCalOilChange. Dot com we'll give you the advantage here chris by letting you pick the category we've got add a zero which is uh, each answer you will add a zero to get the next answer in the list you'll see how it works if you pick it hook line and sinker the word hook appearing in each of those answers and our new category in and out uh they've got five different bands that include either in or out in their name so chris what would you like to play
3: Ooh, let's uh, let's go with In and
4: Out. In and Out. All right. Uh, today we have five different bands that all either include the title, uh, the word in or out somewhere in their names. We'll have sixty seconds. First questions are two seconds. Song. You need to give the uh, song title and the artist to the little clip that Paulie plays to score that point. So make sure you give both, Chris, uh, to get that one. And then we'll go on from there. Pass if you don't know one. We'll come back to it if there's time left on the end of the clock. Are you ready, Chris? Yeah, let's do it. All right, 60 seconds on the clock. Your time begins when Paul plays the music in the category In and Out. Good luck. Let's take on Woods. Josie's on a vacation
3: far away. Uh, That artist's name is The Outfield. The song is Don't Want to Lose Your Love.
4: Your Love, correct. Miss Jackson oh, and Sorry. Hey Ya are two of the top hits for which Atlanta hip-hop duo? Okay. Correct. Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell sing the distinctive vocals for which Seattle band that combines grunge and heavy metal sounds? Uh, pass. Name the Chicago band that burst into superstardom in 2005 thanks to their hits Sugar We're Going Down and Dance Dance. Fall Out Boy. Correct. Which 1980s synth pop band is best known for their 1987 hit The Promise? Uh, pass. Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell sing the distinctive vocals for which Seattle band that combines grunge and heavy metal sounds?
5: Uh, don't know this, I'm gonna guess Soundgarden.
4: Incorrect. Which 1980s synth pop band is best known for their 1987 hit, The Promise? All right, you did get three. That's not bad, Chris. Hang on the line. We'll see if that's good enough to at least maybe get a tie. You got your love by the outfield and outcast. You got fall out. Boy, you got all the outs. You missed the ins. <laughs> Alice in chains and when in Rome were the other two answers. Let's bring Woods back in. I think I'm betting on Woods here, yeah. but we'll see. Chris's score is locked in.
7: <laughs>
4: Reset the questions. Woods does not get the category. Makes it tougher. 60 seconds on the clock. Woods, your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck. Let's take on Chris.
3: Uh. I'll come back to it.
4: Ms. Jackson and Hey Ya are two of the top hits for which Atlanta hits. Correct. Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell sing the distinctive vocals for which Seattle band, it combines. G- correct. Name the Chicago band that burst into superstardom in 2005 thanks to their hits Sugar We're Going Down and Dance Dance. Uh, Fallout Boy. Correct. Which 1980s synth pop band is best known for their 1987 hit, The Promise?
1: Oh, that's uh, When in Rome. Go
4: back to our two second song. It's the uh, Outfield. Correct.
1: Oh,
4: Oh, Your Love. Correct. (laughs) Five for five and a 5-3 win for Woods today. When
1: I heard, I go... Tricky category for you. What was it? It is In and Out.
4: uh, Bands that have either in or out in the title. Outfield, Outcast, Alice in Chains, Fall Out Boy, and When in Rome.
1: You are a trickster.
4: Trickster, but not tricky enough to get you on a Monday. Chris, thank you for playing. We'll have another game tomorrow, see if we can qualify someone for a trip to Las Vegas. I love The Promise so much. It's such a, a good song. song. It oh. is a good one, too. All right, uh, Don't Do This is coming up next. going to be a chance to uh, jump into what happened opposite of the Super Bowl yesterday in the final round of the WM Phoenix Open, where the biggest party in golf got a little out of control, and some of the golfers got a little...
1: Yeah, a little bitchy. Actually. Yeah, okay, that's, bitchy. The that's, the, bitchy. That, that's the word. That's the word
4: for it bitchy. for sure. You get a little upset, and you had a local going for his first win Uh-oh. in over a oh,
1: decade. God, he was so close. so close, so close.
4: All of that coming up next with Ben Woods on ninety-seven-three The Fan after a check of traffic.
1: Don't do this.
4: It's time for Don't. Spring training is underway for the latest Padres news. Trying listen to our chapters features from the show. Each day, each topic we cover is broken out so that you can find what matters most to you. To get started, download the Odyssey app. And by the way, Sammy's spring training will be with us in our next segment. So yeah. do not go,
1: Let's go anywhere. So good. Um,
4: I will start Don't Do This today with a baseball story from uh, over the weekend. I think uh, on Friday or Saturday, uh, Major League Baseball announcing that former Mets general manager Billy Epler... Who is no longer with the team, doesn't have a job, but right. he even if he was, he'd be suspended through the 2024 season due to fabricating injuries to open roster spots for the New York Mets in 2023. It's a practice that, kind of wink, wink, nod, nod, I think most... At least fans think goes on around Major League Baseball. You've got... Well,
5: and
1: players do, too. There were plenty of... uh, When this story came out on Friday, Benny, there were plenty of... Somebody was pulling all these old interviews of players that were saying things like, so what are you going to do? Are you going to put me on the Phantom IL? I'm not going on the Phantom IL. I'm not hurt. I'm ready to play. Well, most
4: players are fine with it. It's a victimless crime in It's victimless. So here's your choice. We can either send you down to the minors, release you, or... You can pretend to have an injury and stay with the big club and keep getting your full salary and be with the guys in the dugout and you know travel on the team plane. And when faced with that option, most players will go, yeah, you know what, now that I come to think about it, my, my elbow is feeling a little bit sore because I don't want to go back to the minors. I don't want to get released, and they don't really want to release you. So they manipulate their active roster by putting guys on the injured list that aren't really injured. It's not a surprise that this goes on. But the Mets, you know, after an investigation, it was determined that up to a dozen players had been basically asked to, you know, fake an injury so that the the Mets could expand their, you know, their rosters and bring up different players without having to cut other guys, uh roster manipulation essentially. It's a, you know, it's a competitive advantage. It is cheating. And the Mets were punished for it, but just Billy Epler was punished, which is kind which of interesting. Is,
1: I'll tell you, if you if you want to go full conspiracy theory, you suspend a guy for a year that's not doesn't even have a job as a nice little warning shot to all of the other active GMs that are currently working, saying, "We now know, and we've always known. Here's your scapegoat." Is he wearing it for the entire the pretty entirety much, of pretty much? Of no baseball? Mets
4: medical or athletic training personnel were mentioned at all in the investigation, but they couldn't have. They couldn't have carried this out without at least a few people being involved. Like, you can't just put a guy on the injured list and the trainer goes, yeah, hey, what's wrong with you? And I mean, someone knows they're not hurt down there, and they weren't reporting at least to Major League Baseball now you expect, like, lower-level employees to be snitching on their team? No, of course not. So, you know, maybe it's right to not punish the lower-level guys for what their bosses are telling them to do. You kind of have to do what GM says. Former
1: Met pitcher Tommy Hunter said, It's crazy. Billy got singled out. It's kind of mind-blowing. I had multiple back issues, and no one from MLB talked to me. I don't know what their strategy was. It's no secret what goes on with the Phantom IL. So to go after one person seems unfair. I feel bad for Billy. He didn't do anything different than any other GM I've been around. Uh, Yeah, this to me reeks of, we know what you're up to. We're going to be crawling uh, a little deeper with the microscope next time. Let's go ahead and suspend a guy that's already out of baseball for a year. He wasn't going to work anyway. Right? Yeah. And so now... It just if I'm AJ Preller, if I'm any other GM, I'm like I'm gonna watch my P's and Q's here. They're looking, they're looking. A little, know, that's the point. A little harder. That, that's the point. Uh, at this, uh, I will go to Phoenix, <laughs> the land of the Waste Management Open. I uh, was interested to see a lot of the videos going around on the weekend. I mean, I, I've I've gotten drunk before. I've gotten I blacked out before. But oh my God, I've never seen some of the stuff I saw out at the Waste Management chaos. Open chaos. There was one guy walking. And it's just that gravity never loses. He was walking down a sidewalk, and he's leaning, and he's leaning, oh and he hits the down slope, and he goes all the way down to the concrete <laughs> river, and he's just done. Their guys passed out in their chairs. Did it you was, see the videos
4: of like at the when they opened the gates at whatever seven a.m. It's like the running of the bulls at yeah, Pamplona yeah. because you they don't want get to. They don't have reserved seats in that stadium sixteenth hole. So they, get to 16th. they open it up and everyone just sprints like <laughs> two. You know, it's like a thousand yards to get to that stadium hole. And it's chaos. Guys have been waiting in line all. They wait in line all night long. They show up at one a.m. to get in line. Yeah, drinking so the can, whole time. Drinking the whole time so they can get there at seven a.m. So they can sit and drink all day long to cheer for the golfers as they come through until sunset. It gives me anxiety. So you can imagine that the behavior can get a little off the rails so, at this golf tournament.
1: At one point, and I, I still, I don't think this is a good look for Zach Johnson, but I, I get it. I get it. He had just losing
4: Ryder Cup captain Zach Johnson. He
1: just hit his breaking point. I guess he was getting worn out all day, and apparently, some guy did yell in the middle of his backswing. Ben did that to me recently. I wanted to kill him, so I I can't relate. Um, I didn't yell.
4: I just did a recounting of my own game, of your own shot to no
1: one other than yourself. You could have done it internal. It was an internal monologue, (laughs) but you did an external monologue. Boy, if I had just hit it another two feet, son of a. So, Zach Johnson, after it happens, uh, goes over to the crowd and kind of acts like a little baby. Oh,
7: don't, don't serve me. Somebody said it. I'm just sick of it. Just shut up.
1: (laughs) Billy Horschel followed behind him. Now, I'm not scared of Zach Johnson. I'm terrified of Billy, Bi- Billy Horschel would have scared me into getting in my car and going home. He's terrifying. and he's Sir, yeah. calm down. Don't serve me. me. Don't serve me. I'm sick of it. we got to save that I'm sick of it clip because it's um, so
4: good. The beef says, he uh, heard that golf tournament is like Coachella for 30-year-old yep. dudes. Isn't Coachella Coachella for 30-year-old dudes? That's now? true. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. Same thing.
5: Just dude's right. being bros though. Yeah, golf dude, oh, event. dude's being the biggest bros you'll ever see. <laughs> so Zach
4: Johnson and the rowdy fans were the don't do this. I'm going to give the do do this D-D to
3: Mega the golf.
4: Actually, despite all the craziness, was fantastic down the stretch, and I don't think anyone really watched because I did. of the. I
1: was flipping back and forth because
4: of the rain. Was to end before the Super Bowl starts, but unfortunately, they had to keep playing a couple of hours into the Super Bowl. And San Diego's own Charlie Hoffman, who has not really. He's not won in over a decade. Hasn't even come close in many years, but he's still on the PGA Tour. 47 years old. I played junior golf with him growing up. He, he played Did you Antem- ever beat him? No, 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 not even close. Kicked <laughs> your ass. Uh, you know, he was playing great, eagled uh, 13, came down the stretch, got to 21 under, had a three shot lead, and then finished, like I think was smart, was conservative, made pars in the last three holes to protect yep. his lead, did everything right. Did everything right. Except he didn't account for Nick Taylor who at 18 under birdied 15, birdied 16, parred 17, and then needed to birdie 18, tough hole, to force a playoff, did it. They went back to the playoff. Charlie birdied it, but Nick birdied it as well. And then they had to play it again. And for the third straight time, Nick Taylor birdied the 18th hole. Unreal. So he birdied basically five out of the last six holes he played, including the same hole three times in a row. Charlie finally made a par. I mean... It's nothing wrong with that. He did not make any big mistakes, but uh, Nick Taylor playing his butt off beats Charlie Hoffman, who still has his best tournament in a long time, gets the second-place check. Uh the win would have been nice though that would have given him an exemption essentially until he got to the Champions Tour at age 50 with the win for two more years after this year so a uh, bummer for Charlie he played great though and he's sponsored by waste management WM so he had the the entire sponsors and everyone was kind of pulling for him as the WM guy at the WM Open with some great golf while most of us were watching the Super
1: Bowl Yeah I was watching a little bit and uh it was it was awesome man it was good to see him turn the clock back a little bit um but hey second place that is not bad. He did not really do anything to lose that golf tournament, so he didn't fall apart or anything like that. It was pretty cool to see.
4: All right, waiting for that uh, Jerickson Profar news to drop. I just got an email from the Padres. They have signed Mon Laferte. Oh no, wait—that's a concert, no concert that's coming. Who's? Have you ever heard of Mon Laferte? Pauly, you're younger. No. Her Autopoiética tour is coming to uh, Petco Park.
1: Pull a little up. I'd like to hear some.
4: Mon Laferte, La not an outfielder apparently. Mm-hmm. Gallagher Square, Petco Park, May 26th. For all you Mon fans out there, Mon is coming.
1: Mon Laferte is a Chilean and Mexican musician, singer, composer, and painter. So it's all. It's
4: actually after the Padres-Yankees game. Oh, nice. that day. But a separate ticket is required to go to the concert. Okay. Just so you know. All right. They go on sale Wednesday. There we go. This week. Sammy Spring Training will join us when we come back here on 97.3 The Fam. by the craft taco in sorrento valley craft taco has some of the best quality tacos in all of san diego Ooh. go to the craft taco.com take a look at their happy hour specials today the craft taco we,
1: we don't do
4: this yeah i was just wrapping up don't do this oh all right that was just what we were talking about that's right you're right. Right again. Just continuing. Justness. <laughs> Correct. The show doesn't stop just because we go to break. Correct. We, we keep going. Continue. You just don't get to hear that part. <laughs> right. And we continue to talk during the break. That's right. and I was just wrapping it up there. And all that don't but do
1: this is we didn't. Get we to. do have
4: to move along though because we have standing by in Peoria, Arizona, ready to join us next. None other than Sammy Spring Training after this check of traffic on 97.3 The Fam. And Sammy Spring Training joins us now live from Padre Spring Training, presented by your San Diego County Toyota Dealers Association. We make it easy. Sammy, was it easy getting over? I saw you took the long route to uh, Peoria on Saturday.
8: Yeah, I took a little detour down to Calexico. So I got off at El Centro and then went right and looked up on my phone uh, a, a taco shop only about fifteen minutes to Calexico. Enjoyed my burrito tacos. If you saw on my Instagram, Twitter, whatever, <laughs> juicy tacos. I mean, sauce just squirting out the other side of Whoa. the bite. I mean, it was it was crazy. So uh, delicious, delicious tacos. Got back now. You were right. I, I heard the conversation earlier. You were right. I took the road um, to the south of, of I eight. Let's travel For about for about 20 25 miles until I got to about Yuma and then back on to uh, the interstate so a little bit of a detour but well worth it uh where else did I stop I stopped at uh at Cafe Adesso, which was uh, very very nice had a delicious beverage there and then uh, continued on the jer- uh, the journey it uh, took a little bit longer than uh, if I just went straight through but uh, I I like that drive it's pretty you got mountains you got desert you got some some
1: greenery you've got sand so I enjoyed it. It's, uh, well, listen, and, and if you heard the early part of the show, I, number one, kudos and, uh, commendations for knocking the content part out of the park. I will say you, you want to next time, you want to, uh, under promise and over deliver instead of just over deliver on day one because you've really set a precedent now for not only you, but us. When we go out there, I'm like, well, I have to do 45 posts a day because that's so- what
8: Adam's used to. So you don't want me to follow the Sam Levitt way. You want me to follow the Woods way.
1: That well, the, that's what he's saying. Yes. Just, the, just the, I'm not, I, I, look, a win for you is a win for us. What I'm telling you is right. today, if you post nine tweets or whatever, Adam's going to be like, hey, what happened? Did your phone die? Like, you're dead. So it,
8: it's, it's interesting because I, I was listening earlier and I recall the conversation, I think it was before the holidays, you guys discussing, you know, Trying to figure out things that Adam Klug likes, and yes. there are some things we know he loves: oh, his family, God. loves his children, yes, loves uh, the, the Georgia Bulldogs. the Falcons, certainly. yeah. But, but that all may. Pale in comparison to Adam Klug's love for a viral yep. '973 Pronto. the fan piece of social media, Sammy. Because he gets, he was so excited. He, oh my that, god! Oh my god! he
5: just texting you like updates every ten minutes? You guys now the, look how many views it's gotten. You guys in you the, think he gets in, a dollar for every y- person yes! who sees a tweet a from '973 the
1: fan? His ideas over the last how long we've we been here five years? Five years. His ideas for viral content, and I go, Adam, you can't. You can't you you got to let the game come to you, right? You can't go out expecting to make a viral video. You just you just shoot what you can and you hope for the best. And oh my <laughs> god, last night, middle of Super Bowl, he's texting us the number circled like you, I don't know that he slept last night, Sammy, because of your your tweet that's now over how, how many? <laughs> yeah. Over 2, two million, million. views on that just, just Twitter. Over yeah,
8: it's over 2 million. Uh, we had a lot of good content yesterday. I, I will it. tell you, I, tr- I tried to really hit the ground running with the videos. No, it was yeah, amazing. Thing. Yeah. Clubhouse was closed yesterday. So we had some guys come out like Joe Musgrove and, and Michael King, Mike Schiltz, uh, uh, Wusako, uh, Yuki Matsui, who that was amazing had the moment of the day. I mean, that was so <laughs> terrific. It was, it, you know, we were t- just to set the scene because I know everybody saw this video now. We were told as he's walking up, uh, with a translator that he has an an opening statement prepared, and you know we all said okay, and he gets up there and he delivers that and it was uh, awesome uh, i know the uh, some of the the japanese media that was that was there uh, they were super super impressed by it we were all impressed by it so that to be honest that was like the talk around camp for a couple of hours uh, on day 1 what yuki matsui did uh with the uh, the statement in english and spanish but uh, a lot of fun on day 1 no doubt about it um you know good to see those guys out there good to see um you know most of the guys uh you know really healthy sounding and, and positive sounding so a lot of good stuff and yeah i tried to get as much as i can but i'm with you woodsy a very high bar set on day one we'll yeah no, i mean
1: you said points. it yourself you said it for yourself i have no sympathy <laughs> for you because you did you did this man you did this yourself that's we're, okay that that's what i'm here for it's we're talking to sammy spring training sammy levitt out there uh live and you know it is it's a it's it's a great great day to be a baseball fan when that the the Guys are out there and they're running and they're throwing a little bit. I noticed you, uh, caught a couple of bullpens is not, you didn't actually catch them. You watched them. Now, if you caught bullpens, that would be some content I'd be, uh, all go over. GoPro. Yeah, GoPro. Okay. Yeah. Let's just go fastballs here. Um, what, who, who impressed you out there that, you know, maybe like the, the Woosuck goes. I did see a little clip from him, but you got to see these yeah. up close and personal
8: yeah a lot of guys through. Michael King looked really good. Joe Musgrove, I thought looked really good and says he's feeling really good, which obviously with the way his season ended last year is is really good to hear and really important. um We saw some of the relievers and Yaldello Santos through. He looked good Alec Jacob uh you know from what we hear is is healthy um you know, and if he's behind is just a hair behind you know that's what Mike Schultz said yesterday, and he threw and I was really impressed by him because he has that different arm slot and certainly could pre- present a different look out of the bullpen uh, should he be on this team at some point in 2024. So uh, certainly King I- impressed me a lot. Musgrove uh, looked good, looked healthy in uh, some of those relievers too. Uh, everybody didn't throw yesterday. We didn't see you, Darvish. Uh, didn't see some of the relievers. Uh, didn't see a guy like uh, just off the top of my head, Tom Cosgrove throw. So we'll see who's on the schedule today. I'm sure a lot of those guys who didn't throw yesterday will throw bullpens today. But uh, everybody looks really good. You know. With that said, um, you know I think you know when guys are throwing in the bullpen first day of spring training, you're impressed by everybody. Yes. And when you're that close to those guys throwing, you guys know this being at spring training. You're like, how does anybody ever hit this? Um, and, and I'll tell you this, too. Luis Campusano is here, and, you know, I thought, you know, just observations during Joe Musgrove's bullpen session as he was catching him really vocal with the feedback. And, and it's so cool to see Ruben Niebla work with these guys. And Ruben is incredibly involved. And, and I'm not sure if you played this earlier as part of Michael King's comments, but I asked Michael King about working with Ruben Niebla, and he was just speaking already glowingly. About working with Ruben, and and he said that Corey Kluber, you know, essentially told him that he wouldn't have two Cy Youngs without Ruben Nieblau. So uh, guys are really excited to work with him, and uh, everybody, you know, looked good, and and uh, there's a lot of good health right now uh, around the complex. So that's all, all really good news.
4: Sammy, uh, I've been to uh, many spring trainings. You've been to the last few. I've never remembered the first day being such a work day. Usually, it's just uh, kind of get in a little business, get out, and I heard uh, Mike Schilt talk a little bit about it the uh the urgency and the way he's setting up camp in fact this isn't even really the start of spring training for a lot of the pitchers that there was a camp uh, at Peco park a couple of weeks ago we saw some shots of that yeah. what did you kind of learn about how mike schilt is setting up this spring and, and how it might be different than what we saw the last few years
8: yeah I, I think there is going to be a balance between there being a sense of urgency because you Number one, leave for Korea on March 13th and then have two games that count a week later. So that presents an interesting challenge. But I also think they, they want to make sure that they don't do anything too quickly, acknowledging that they have two games, but then you've got 160 to play after that. So you don't want to do anything that uh, would affect the other 160 based on getting ready for the two. So what we do know is, is guys like Joe Musgrove, you Darvish, they will speed up their progression. A little bit earlier in spring training, Um, you know, some of the pitching side of things, it's going to be sped up a little bit uh, considering they have those two games in Korea. But I, I do think there's clearly a balance they're trying to strike between both physically and, and mentally getting ready for the korea trip but also acknowledging that you don't have another game until march 28th and my goodness there's a lot between those korea games and uh in march 28th obviously between the exhibition games and fan fest and all of that so uh yeah it, it's it's definitely going to be a quicker ramp up uh, it sounds like on the pitching side i also think just from a from a mental standpoint, I, I thought what was interesting, and, and Joe Musgrove talked about it yesterday. Mike Schultz talked about it yesterday, about wanting to find that either in spring training. You know, I asked Joe considering last season and some of the new faces, you know, around the the team. You know, what what does he hope this team's mentality is, even in spring training? And he talked about wanting to find that identity earlier he talked about wanting to be vocal about that as a group talk about those things as a group you know whereas maybe last year it wasn't talked about in in that kind of way so look it's obviously an interesting spring training physically because of that quicker ramp up uh especially on the pitching side but look coming off last year and um you know and the new faces and who knows what other faces may show up in the clubhouse over the next few weeks certainly that's a, a possibility um, you know, I, I think it's, it's obviously a different spring training. So I know that was a, a long answer on the, on, you know, how it may be affected by the, the trip to Korea, but I, I do think it'll have an impact, but I think they're trying to balance it having an impact in a proper way with uh, making sure they're ready for
1: the full year. Well, number one, Sammy, we love long answers on Ben and Woods, just <laughs> so you know. it's uh, know. It's actually appreciated here on the uh, the program. Uh, talking to Sammy Spring Training, out live from Peoria right now. What's uh, what's on the schedule today, my friend? You haven't seen it yet, uh, but what, uh, you're just going to go do more of the same, hang out around the backfield? Jerks
5: and Profar be showing up Jerks today? Jerks and Profar, <laughs> yeah, is, it that. looks like a rumor. <laughs> oh, you know what I wanted yeah. to ask
1: you, our beloved Hasan Kim out there looking yeah. ver- very, very fit. Uh, yesterday and the sleeveless shirt. Um, w- position player wise, is he is he the only one? Other than you know the catchers as well. But is Hassan yeah. Kim the only position player?
8: So, uh, we'll learn more about that today. Like I said, the clubhouse wasn't open yesterday. It is open today. It's Good. a pretty late start today, um, which makes sense because not everybody's here yet and there's, there's less to do, but, uh, clubhouse is open. So I'll certainly see more guys today than I saw yesterday. The only position player I saw yesterday was Ha Sung Kim, who was watching the bullpens and looked great. And, um, you know, was, it was great to see him, obviously. And, and by the way, speaking of social media, anytime you put anything of Ha Sung Kim, on social media, the Padres fans love it. So that's that's like a little cheat code on social media. Uh, he was the only non-pitcher catcher that I can think of that I saw yesterday. I saw Matthew Baden actually. So okay, that's two. Well, there you go. There's two um, guy wants to be seen no, out and, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The 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 other thing I'll say, just not relating to uh, the position players, is you know I, I watched the catchers take batting practice. Luis Camposano looked good. You know, was working on going to right field. And then I saw Ethan Salas, who I have to ask him about it or confirm this. He looks bigger and taller to me, which is not all that surprising, considering he's a teenager, so it would make all the sense in the world that he would grow a little bit since the last time we saw him. But I'll tell you what, just watching him in a first day of spring training BP, that swing is smooth. Good. Really, Love really it. smooth. Need and big. he looked bigger looked bigger to me. Um, so I'll, I'll get confirmation on that at some point, but, uh, good to see him. And, um, I saw him talking with Kyle Higashioka, which I thought was a cool moment. You've got this veteran, you know, catcher that's been brought in with this 17 year old who's, uh, you know, one of the top prospects in the game. So, uh, yeah, Kim Batten is who I saw. And, and just again, day one, good to see everybody out there working out and, and, uh, the good health and, and all of it.
4: And uh, everyone was there other than Wandy Peralta, who is getting his visa because he just officially signed, and that takes a few days. And then Luis Patino, they said, should be here shortly. He had to get his visa, but he's got it now, so he should be arriving in camp really quickly.
8: Yeah, and Robert Suarez uh, uh, was in transit yesterday, so I'm interested to see if we see him today. But, um, but yeah, I mean, everybody, for the most part, that you would expect to be there uh, was there. So um, as far as today... Um, Mike Schilt will speak uh, We'll see you know, who else we talk to in the clubhouse I'm sure we'll talk to uh, a number of guys And then I, I would assume without seeing the schedule For today that it's going to be pretty similar To yesterday with the bullpens And some hitting and some light work And it'll probably be that way Until uh, we have the, uh, the full report date And, and really get into things
4: And so what's the full report date? Ooh, he's uh, thinking. Look at that thinking pose that Sammy Levitt has.
8: I, I don't. I don't even. Remember. It's got to be soon. There's a game in, in ten days, days, days. Yeah, the twenty yeah, seventh. Ten days from now. I do not remember. I I've I've got.
4: I got to think. It's probably like Thursday or Friday. Um, we're we're getting close.
8: Yeah, and, and normally guys start trickling in. You know, kind of one by one on different days. Like, would I be shocked to 16th, see five more position 16th, players so Friday. in there in the next? Yeah. Would Would I be shocked to see you know five more position players in there today or tomorrow? No. Um, you know, guys kind of get there whenever they want to get there, uh, if they're there early on the position player side. But, uh, yeah, it's, look, it's good stuff. It's enjoyable. Um, it is interesting because I think there are still so many question marks about center and left and DH and all of that and all the things that could happen, just bringing in players over the course of the next couple of weeks. But right now, who's there is there, and it's uh, good to see those guys, and certainly for the young players, a good opportunity.
4: Paul said we should give Sammy a homework assignment like we did every single day last year. Wood said let's wait until everybody's there yeah, so he, he doesn't have to worry about it. But if you really wanted to like, get extra credit. Yeah, go for it. I, I'm curious to hear from Luis Campusano. Yeah, I know catchers gotcha. are there, and, you know, he's going to be expected to take on a much bigger role this season as, you know, the basically he's been handed the starting job. He's the guy. He's the catcher for the San Diego Padres. That's a different mentality. So, Sammy, we will uh, hopefully talk to you tomorrow, maybe with some Luis Campusano sound.
8: All right. Sounds good. And uh, luckily, I figured out the coffee machine in the Airbnb. That Excellent. Looks like, nice minutes, one. Sammy, go. Sammy, Sammy, looks like a nice Sammy, one. Sammy,
4: do less
1: today. Do less.
4: Sam Lovett. And right. we thank you. Uh, thank, thank the you. San Diego County <laughs> Toyota Dealers Association for making Sammy's appearances possible all spring long until they leave for Korea. All right. Uh, we are done with two hours. Come back. Uh, hour number three of Ben and Woods will reset the show. More Padres content and Super Bowl ahead here on 97 3 The Fam.
1: Way home on uh, Bennett Woods this morning. Day is just cruising by so far. Hopefully the uh, next two go as quickly as the first two did. Great to be in here with you. Beautiful day outside. Nice to drive uh, to work today on a dry highway. And I think we can expect some good weather at least for the rest of the week. Uh, excited about the week ahead. Love having Sammy Spring Training. Check in every day. Can't get enough, man, of the uh, the Padres content. And, you know, look forward to getting this thing going. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle, the executive producer. Ben Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor, joins us uh, as well. And uh, everyone had a nice Super Bowl Sunday. Got plenty of... of you know, time to watch the game. Um, it was fun, man. It was fun. It was a very low-key at my house, just kind of watching the game, taking care of the kids. And Hannah did not end up taking them over to Encinitas Ranch. So we were there and just doing our thing. So on Friday, I invited you guys
4: over for right. our Super Bowl party. right? And you missed a heck of a feast. I talked about it earlier. But you did get to watch the game in solitude, essentially. Oh, I mean, you had your family the there, there, but the kids there. Yes. Now, I I felt like I enjoyed my Super Bowl party, but I missed a few of the commercials and other things while I was taking care of you know helping out, re- restocking whatever needed to be done. So I do want to go through at some point, maybe at eight thirty-five, some of the uh, other things that went along with the game, like your favorite commercials and um you know half-time, halftime show. show sure, Usher. I didn't watch it. I saw some of the halftime show. I saw. um this is uh, all down feeding into
5: why I don't like Super Bowl parties. Right. That's you were just exactly but right. I didn't get to Validating just sit down every and every single part of Friday, every
4: show. moment watch. But I enjoyed. I had a great experience though.
1: But I still missed a ton. I mean, I, I would come back. I'd look at Twitter, and they, oh my god, that commercial was so funny. I'm like, damn it, I missed it again. Like I missed the Michael Sarah commercial entirely. Sarah V I had to change a diaper or something. So. Um, yeah, it was. It was, but it was enjoyable. I, I don't really like leaving the house all that much, so it was pretty great to just be there in bed watching the game. Bo fell asleep. He'd been waiting all day for the Super Bowl. Right when we get to kickoff, I look over and he's dead asleep. Three thirty, which is way past his nap time. Dead asleep. I'm like, oh. God. Did you get
4: yourself any special food at all to eat during the game? uh
1: we, I have, this is embarrassing to admit, but uh, <clears throat> I had a hankering in the middle of the afternoon for some Taco Bell. So How I, did you gain all the weight? From, ta- from the trough of tacos I ordered <laughs> from Taco Bell. And I thought, oh my God, my kids have never had Taco Bell. And never? They, nope. And Bo liked it. Taylor did not like it. <laughs> uh, so it was. And then Taylor has some taste. Hannah got mad at me for ordering it and was like livid at me for getting it. And I'm like, this is what I want to eat. I'm a grown man. Stop micromanaging me. I'm going to get Taco Bell because I want it. And then guess who was over sniffing around the box and eating tacos uh, profusely from it? One Hannah Nancaro Woods. <laughs> so I think that's why she was mad at me because she knew she wouldn't. She would succumb to the Taco Bell. And I get it. I can already hear, "Why would you get Taco Bell?" I didn't want. I didn't want good Mexican food. I wanted Taco it's Bell. A totally different. Totally class different. Of food. It's a totally different Taco experience. Bell.
4: Chipotle, yeah. they're their own thing. They're, their own they're thing. not Mexican food. It's not Mexican I've, food. I, I, I can't stand when someone says, they get yeah, mad I, feel like, I feel like, let's get some Mexican food. How about Chipotle? No, you can oh, you feel Chipotle. like Chipotle. right? But if you want Mexican food, that's that's Mexican food.
1: I will say this. It's still with me, the Taco Bell it's still oh i can still taste it as it will be as it will be for, for a while. while um so that's that's yeah pretty much all we did um but yeah it was it was great man it was a, a nice weekend and uh very low key didn't do a whole lot uh, rode scooters around the the cul-de-sac with the kids for a while played a little baseball you know the normal relaxation uh, that comes with the weekend, but I do feel a little recharged this morning. It's good to be back. I would like to get rid of this chest cold that I have. It's not going away, Um, and I do have a dentist appointment this morning, which I'm setting up for a pretty gnarly week uh, myself, but great to be here with you guys. Great to be talking some baseball. Hot stove is obviously still bubbling a little bit, as far as we know, Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think the uh, Jerks and Profar Instagram this morning certainly was something. It's something. You don't just do that just to do it. Now, could now, it Now, did be, he delete the post,
4: or is it's a story, so it just kind of automatically goes away? I heard someone say that they thought it went away.
1: Is it gone? Well, it goes away in 24 if, hours? you watch it. No, 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 no. You can leave Someone it up 24 hours.
4: You can leave it up. But it's once you've up. watched it, you, it's still up. It's still up. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering, but maybe the Padres said, hey, dude, we have. Take that down. Cross the T's and dot of the I's. Don't, you know, don't no, do that. I yet. just checked. It's still, it's still up. there. Okay. So still.
1: The, other, the only other thing I can think of is like, was he putting out like a resume? Like, <laughs> hey, watch this. Let's get some buzz going for me back to the Padres? I guess it's possible. I guess it's possible. But it certainly seemed when you put in. When you put in work to be done or jobs not finished, and then apparently at the end of it, there's Don Orsillo saying, Welcome back to the Padres, Jerks and Profar from last year. So that to me is uh, you know, for reading the tea leaves, which we love to do, seems like jerks and profar. If he's
4: not coming back, it's it a big very, bait and switch yeah. that he's pulling on us all. <laughs>
1: yeah. If he ends up with the Orioles or something, it will be very, very strange. So um yeah, that's that.
4: I you know, and I don't think that jerks and profar. Remember, Temper your expectations. He had a nice, um, he had a nice finish to the season when he came back to the Padres. Yeah. Did not have a good year in Colorado before that. Was given his release. Remember, uh, you know, with what like a month, month and a half left in the season. So I don't know what kind of contract you'd be looking at. I'd hope it's a fairly affordable, incentive laden type deal for Jurickson Profar. But what he does give you is if you had to start the season, if you signed Jurickson Profar. You can put major leaguers now at every position because you could put Sugar in center, put Profar in left, Tatis in right, Cronenworth at first, Kim at second, Bogarts at short, Manny at third if he's healthy, Camposana behind the plate, and Musgrove on the mound. And, yeah, your designated hitter is probably still a backup at this point. But you can have uh, essentially nine major leaguers in a lineup yeah, Tom, at that point.
1: Tom says, uh, if Profar's our left fielder, we're in for a long season. Yeah, I mean, look, with... It's better than the guy that was playing left yesterday, which was, if, which was no one, blank, <laughs> which is yeah X. Uh, so, I hate that you're in we're in that position, but that's exactly where we are.
4: We saw a few comments from AJ Preller yeah. over the weekend that you know the Padres continue to push that there is going to be competition in camp, that the young guys are going to be given an opportunity to show their stuff. And when I when we get the chance, and I assume we'll get a chance to talk to A.J. when we're out at spring training in a couple of weeks, the one question that I want to ask him the most is... How dare you? No. oh, it, It's essentially, we have talked to a ton of people who are all very excited about your prospects. A.J., these are fans of yours and your farm system who have said... We think these guys are great. We look at uh, the guys you have put in there. We're high on all of your guys. But every single one of them that we talk to says, but they're not ready yet. Right. And you shouldn't be forcing these guys right. up to the big leagues. The guys who believe in your minor league system. These aren't haters. These aren't the guys who go, I don't think the Padres system's that good. No, even Baseball America, even the guys who have you ranked fourth In all of you know, for all of the farm systems, they all say they don't really see any of them contributing until at least later this year. They all need more minor league seasoning. So, when you're telling us that you know, we're believing in our guys and we want to put them in the big leagues now, potentially, what are we all missing that you're seeing? Because the experts who love your system say that's not. That's not feasible yet. You can't do that yet.
1: Well, so I saw Friday after we got out of here, uh, and I didn't really engage on social media just because I didn't feel like it. I knew we'd have this week to talk about it. But Keith Law came out with his prospect rankings and had the Padres kind of down um, 18, I believe, was where he ranked them. I saw a lot of people get up in arms. Once I read his reasoning for it, I went, all right, I mean, if that's your criteria – then you're absolutely right. The criteria essentially was, oh, absolutely, Ethan Salas is one of the best, and this guy's really good, and Snelling is great, and Lesko's great, and blah, 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 all these guys are good. No one of these guys is close to the big leagues. So if that's your criteria, Keith Law Keith Law is not wrong. I mean, that's just kind of where he's at. Like, Salas and all these guys will help in a couple of years, and those are good guys to have. But, but
4: if Keith Law is wrong, or is right, then A.J. is wrong. Right. Because they're selling that all of these guys are... Very close. They're knocking on the door to help with the big league team. And that is not that is not the opinion not the, of the experts, consensus. at least outside of the San Diego. Experts be wrong, and A.J. knows something that we all don't. I hope, honestly, I'd be disappointed if A.J. didn't know a lot of things that, that, we, that we don't know, that Keith Law doesn't know, that Baseball America doesn't know. But no one is, is sitting here ripping A.J. and going, he is overvaluing his prospects. They're not that good. They're not saying that. They're saying these prospects are fantastic and that none of them really belong in the big leagues as of yet and that is worrisome for a team that at this moment still looks like they're going to rely on several prospects as being part of the major league roster starting march 22nd or march 20th against the dodgers in korea that's that's worrisome so that's what i want to talk
1: to aj about a little bit sure yeah absolutely and um You know, we've talked a lot about when guys are ready and what a fine line that is. You have to thread the needle, Benny, of he's ready, he's going to play, and he's going to play well or good enough at this level, Um, and what it can do to somebody when maybe they're not ready. You know, and and there's a confidence thing that, you know, I think certain players, Benny, I mean, you think about the, the course of baseball history. A lot of guys got sent down. A lot of guys figured it out in the minors, but a lot of guys you never heard from again. You know what I mean? There were always supposed to be these can't-miss prospects. And I can think of, you know, Jerickson Profar was one. He was one that was the highest prospect in baseball. The Rangers wouldn't have traded him for 15 players. Hindsight being what it was, Jerickson Profar's had a nice career. He's made some money. But the way they had him pegged, he was Mickey Mantle. Like, he was going to be the next Mickey Mantle. Like, that was as high as you can't go. Miss. I think about Michael Chavis from the Red Sox. Another one that like can't miss. Joe Adele from the Angels can't miss. And now these guys are scrounging for jobs.
4: You say there are no sure things. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one sure thing. Like who are the Padres' top four prospects right now? <laughs> Salas, Merrill, 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 Snelling, Lesko. Sure. I here's your can't miss guarantee. Not all of them will be successful Correct. big leaguers. Not all you four can, of them. Guarantee you can, that. Almost. I will guarantee you. Somebody's that gonna miss. Not all four of those guys will come up and be successful big leaguers. At least one of them will not pan out for the San Diego Padres. And if three of them do and only one of them doesn't, that's, that's a huge, huge victory for the San Diego Padres. They will take that in a heartbeat. That's if a- I could tell you that three of your top four prospects will actually come up and be Productive, good, big leaguers, maybe even, you know, all star, you know, worthy. They would take that in a heartbeat. If you could be that consistent with your top prospects, you'd be the best team every single year. No doubt about it. That would be a huge win. I promise you, at least, at least one of those guys is not going to pan out. Probably two, maybe three of them. You're just hoping that all four of them are not busts, essentially. Yep.
1: Yeah, ProFar just got finished playing in the Caribbean Winter League. I didn't see how he did. I think he did his team win the championship. Um, I don't know how well he played. I, Cur- know, but- I saw
4: Curacao had a big win, but okay. I didn't see the finish of the tournament if it's over.
1: But if we're basing, you know, the prognosis, does he
4: wait until that's over Every he wants to be able to play and yeah, he doesn't maybe. want a team to tell him that he can't play. Yeah, so, maybe. he doesn't sign until it it's over.
1: You know, the, if we bas- <laughs> but we can't base um we can't base future uh, performance on how they played in winter league because <laughs> Tatis didn't play all that well down in the Dominican, but also didn't finish the season. Played his 20 games and got out. Um, so yeah, nothing, nothing really to worry about. But you know, I saw somebody tweet earlier. Why are we getting excited about a negative WAR outfielder? Fine. I mean, I I don't know what to tell you. They need big league players, though. They absolutely need big league players. And if Profar ends up on the roster, I'm not going to be massively I, disappointed. I would also, Unless for like $14 million or
5: something. Robert Murray has just posted that uh, free agent utility man Jerks and Profar and the San Diego Padres are in agreement on a one-year contract, okay. according to sources familiar with the deal. Great.
4: And I would... Uh, Welcome back. I would dispute the characterization as excited. I would I have assumed this was gonna happen sure. all off
1: season. That's true.
4: Uh, honestly, I kind of oh, yes. counted Jerks and Profar on the team even before he was on the team in my head for a while. So this doesn't really change anything and for the, me.
1: The other thing too, guys, is you have to think about it, I guess, in a pragmatic sense. Jerks and Profar being back with the team, I don't think I don't think you look at it and go, Great. Now they're gonna block he's gonna block Jackson Merrill. It's not like Again, Merrill may be the closest, but it's not like he's beating down the door.
5: you know, And if she, Merrill ends up ready, whether it's out of spring training right. in April, May, August, whatever, when that time comes, if, he'll get his chance. If, if, here's, what, here's the good news. If someone's going to struggle in left
4: field to start the season, I'd much rather it be Jerickson Profar 100%, than Jackson Merrill. 100%. And that's why no this question. is a good move for the San Diego Padres. Someone's going to be in left field. Allegedly. It's and, allegedly
5: a move. Well, it's been reported now. Well, all right. But still.
4: It's been reported.
5: That's more than just his Instagram story. But the Instagram story told it all.
4: All right. We will continue uh, our Tier 1 tour. We got started last week. We're counting down. Every single day, we will look at a different Major League Baseball team. And if I've done the math right... Uh, when we get to our final team, it'll be time to start the season for the Padres and the Dodgers. We're still in the NL East. Last week, we started out with a bang. Skip, Skip Schumacher joined us from the Marlins. We talked to um, Casey Stern for the Mets. Today, we'll just take Matt our
5: from the Phillies. Yeah, that's
4: Strom for the Phillies, right? Uh, we will just take our own look at the Atlanta Braves in our next segment. I don't know much needs to be said about the Braves other than they're going to be really good again. Indeed, We know that for sure. They've made a few moves, though. We'll take a look. Our Tier 1 tour continues with the Atlanta Braves coming up next with Bennett Woods after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fam. Uh, Before we get to our preview of the Atlanta Braves firing up the Tier One uh, tour bus for our Tier One tour, uh, the uh, number is in on Jerickson Profar.
3: Uh, At least
4: it's reported uh, for the contract one year, and after an off season in which I have several times said to myself, "That guy's getting how much?" Yep. That guy's getting what? Mm. What he's getting paid? That for that guy? You hate when players get paid. I don't more than anything. <laughs> but uh, this is not one of those situations because um, <laughs> it's not. It's not true.
5: Like you're personally not offended true. by their salaries. Yes,
4: I want them all to be compensated very fairly. And Jerickson is being compensated quite fairly. Uh, he's going to reportedly get a million dollars, which is only about. Two hundred thousand above the minimum at this point.
1: Absolutely fine.
4: And when you looked at the numbers that he put up from the Rockies last year, two thirty six average, three sixteen on base percentage, three sixty four slugging. That's a uh, that's a six eighty war, which is really bad, especially at Coors Field.
1: Reviews are uh, mixed (laughs) coming in right now on the uh, high speed sports wire here, aka Twitter, aka X. Uh, Beloved HJ Preller, not no relation, says. uh, Jerks and Profar had the twenty-second worst season since World War II. <clears throat> and I quote, tweet and said, "Well, there's nowhere to go but up at, from there." And if H-J. you really
4: wanna, if you really wanna <laughs> delude yourself a little bit, uh, you can point out that at the uh, end of the season he, when he joined the Padres, they went on hit a two, long streak. Hit 295, Look at that three sixty-seven on, ba- on base percentage, 409 slugging, a very solid seven seventy-six OPS. A positive uh, WRC+. There
1: are no bad one-year deals, especially $1 million, especially when you have no outfield. There's no problem with this deal. None. Zero.
4: All right, let's turn our attention quickly to the Atlanta Braves, our next team up in our Tier 1 tour. Uh, Of course, the Atlanta Braves uh, have been one of the better teams in baseball and will continue to be so Uh, this year. They've been fairly quiet in the offseason to make a couple of moves including acquiring Jared Kelinek yep. in a trade with the Seattle Mariners who will likely slot near the bottom of a lengthening order that is already one of the deepest in all of baseball they set all those home run records last year uh, and there's a chance that uh, Kelinek could be a 20 plus homer guy for them at the bottom of their lineup as well so adds even more power to what already uh, is including Ronald Acuna Jr., Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Matt um, Olson, you know they got plenty of star quality players to lead that team, as well as a strong pitching staff.
1: I know baseball doesn't work this way, but the way that you plot it out in your head and on paper before a season is, oh, okay, so it's going to be the Dodgers Braves in the uh, NLCS, and winner will go to the World Series. That's just kind of how, if you stack their rosters next to each other, you know it's really the the best comp. Those two teams are. are pretty electric and have really, really good players. And, you know, you look at the top of the uh, the Braves batting order, Benny, with With Ronald Acuna Jr., Austin Riley, who's a stud, Matt Olson is a superstar, Uh, and then yeah, a guy like Ozzy Albie's, and then you've got uh, Jared Kellenick at the bottom of the order with a a pitching staff that's been that has two of the top guys, Freed and Strider at the top. Uh, You throw in a Charlie Morton who is seemingly ageless. You throw in Chris Sale uh, that they're going to use as well. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting team. One that I think expectations or world series are bust as well so
4: they'll be counting on uh on max freed for a big season he only made 13 healthy starts last year going oh, walked a walk year right yeah it's yeah. his last year so you're uh you're gambling like a uh, blake snell did last year on a big season out of max freed a very motivated max freed looking to cash in with his you know his first his his career making deal at the end of the year uh that's a guy that they're going to be counted on um they've they're also looking ahead um one of their top prospects is a pitcher and his name is something that I think like it sounds like an AI like name generator came yep. up with it. His name is Hurston Waldrep and he is their top pitching prospect and they think it, at least at some point he could be an impact type of pitcher for them uh coming up at some point this season. So
1: he's got nasty stuff. Nasty stuff. So they're they're sitting pretty um it's got them projected right now Benny at about ninety five wins, that's that's a lot of wins. That's a lot of wins.
4: So, but, but they, you know, and that's and that's conservative. I think with projections, they've been a hundred win team yeah. consistently here, and there's no reason to think that they can't do that again.
1: You know, it's interesting too because last year, going into the season, everyone was like, "Oh boy, that." that NL East is going to be something else. And and look, they had some great teams come out of the NL East last year, but the Mets not being one of them, I think it was a surprise to everyone. I don't think the Mets are really going to be in play much this year either. So Atlanta, you know, I think they're going to run away with that division. It's
4: amazing, though. Phillies are going to be good. What but. one World Series title in a full season can can change the narrative. Because other than that year, they're essentially the Dodgers. They won the most games in baseball last year, 104 and got wiped out in the playoffs. Yep. Very Dodgers like, but they don't really suffer from that same narrative because, well, they they won one. Yeah. And that makes a huge difference to everybody. But essentially, you know, they're a team that probably doesn't have to worry too much about getting to the playoffs. The regular season will take care of itself and they like the Dodgers will be focused in on winning the World Series. And you know you can imagine like we did last year that the Braves and Dodgers will be on a collision course at some point in the NLCS but neither of them got there uh you know last couple of seasons neither of them got even to the NLCS obviously it was the Padres Phillies 2 years ago last year it was the uh, the Diamondbacks uh who got there and ended up in the World Series so yeah, we'll see if the Braves can uh, go all the way through October this time. But they certainly have the players and the talent to do it, no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, you're,
1: if you're a Braves fan, you're elated. You're absolutely elated watching this team and knowing also that these guys are going to be together for a while. And you can just add piecemeal what you need. Um, they've got good catching core. They've got a great first baseman. got a great third baseman. They're strong up the middle. Who's playing shortstop for them right now? Fail. Is R- well, is, who is it's not Arcee, is it? He was. He was.
4: Did did he go somewhere? I don't know.
1: I don't remember. That's maybe the one spot that they could maybe improve on, uh, if my memory serves. But, yeah, I mean, good outfield. They got everything. They got a good R-C's bullpen. still on the roster. Is he still on the roster? Right. Adam Klugel, no.
4: He's the only shortstop currently listed on the uh, on the 40-man roster. Okay. So, yeah, I guess he's still the guy at this point. But, yeah, you're right. That's, <laughs> that's an area where if they were looking and wanted to make a trade at some point that might be able to, to upgrade a little bit. Not that R.C. is a terrible player. Yeah. He certainly hasn't been, but it's a pretty deep lineup, and it's going to be a, a good team again this year in Atlanta. All right, uh, tomorrow we will continue with the NL East. We'll wrap up the NL East with the Washington Nationals. It Washington won't take long. Look forward to that. Do we need a guest? Ah I, it's it's one of those, we don't because they're the Nationals, but at the same time, we do because we don't really know anything about the Washington Nationals. Yeah. We'll figure it out by, by this time tomorrow. All right, when we come back, um, I want to talk about some of the, uh, the things that go along with the Super Bowl. Halftime show, commercials. Pomp
1: and circumstance
4: anything that uh, we liked didn't like uh, you didn't like give us a call 833-288-0973 833-288-0973 Super Bowl pomp and circumstance coming up next with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station 97.3 The Fan
3: See you hanging around, you want to ride in my big black prom, want to go up town, yeah. Showed up, shawty, what'd he do? Uh, yeah. oh boy, uh. what y'all know about it?
4: Inside the Green Room with Danny Green is a podcast that takes you beyond the scoreboard. Join three-time NBA champion Danny Green for insight on the association that you won't hear anywhere else. It's in the free Odyssey app, which I just saw was ranked the number one sports podcast network by Triton. Thank you, Triton. Keeping an uh, odyssey in your thoughts out there. Appreciate it. I just got some more details on the Jurickson Profar signing. There are some incentives, as expected, up to a million and a half in plate appearance incentives. So, if he's like you know the regular left fielder and in the lineup all season, he could make as much as two point five million at the end of the year. In addition to the one million dollar base salary, I saw uh, Robert Murray had that. So that's your Jerickson pro Foreign deal now officially with the San Diego Padres and reported widely around Major League Baseball. Yeah. All right. uh, If you want to join us, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl as what's called the pomp and circumstance outside of the game. The halftime show, the commercials, national anthem, America the Beautiful, anything that caught your fancy, you got some observations. We'll give you our favorites, least favorites coming up. 833-288-0973. Be back after a check of traffic on 973 the Fan. All right, um I as I said, I, I had a Super Bowl party going, so I wasn't able to watch everything. But ah. I did see, you know, before Proving the game, theory.
5: I didn't post, miss a thing.
4: <laughs> post Malone with America the Beautiful it. yeah, and great. then Reba McIntyre with the National Anthem, didn't have Saw a problem it. with either one. Thought both performances were yeah.
1: were uh, both solid. We all agree those were they really sung those. Yeah, did, oh, yeah. did they feel lip synced? No. Okay, I don't know that there was. It any- was. I thought for a minute Usher might be. They had the like
5: the backtrack, backtrack playing, track. but yeah. his mic was definitely on. Do we care anymore? Does yeah. anyone care about it? No, not really. Not, not for that. Okay. If you're paying to go to a concert, that's one thing. It's different,
1: Yes. Well, for I mean, a ha- halftime show, it's like twenty five grand for tickets at the Super Bowl. Fair like, enough. But you're there for the game.
4: You know, whatever coordination is required to pull off something of that magnitude, of that spectacle, in a short period of time, you got got the stage, the choreography, the special effects, for it all to come together, there really has to be some tracking involved yeah, in anything like that. I, I guess, there's no way everything can be live. The, pe- are,
1: the penis stage surprised me that he had. The big circle, and then I two, didn't hear it
4: described as such until <laughs> now. Uh, two... Ah,
1: Long with the head on both sides. I like, oh, that's an interesting. Did not notice that. You didn't notice it? It's the first thing I noticed. Weird. So I went, oh, that's odd. That's odd. They're like, oh, Usher, sure. are you sure? No, you heard me. I want two giant dogs on either side. That's what I want to do from here on out. Oh, okay. Well, we'll make it happen Whatever for you. you want. Also, I want to come out on roller skates. That's something I want to do. Are you sure you can slip and fall? No, I'm sure. I want to roller skate out. He almost biffed one time on those roller skates. I was so nervous. The whole performance. It was very impressive. I was surprised just
4: because roller skating doesn't feel like a 2024 it's like back. to do. It's I mean, back. roller skates were like you did that in the 1950s, and then they invented roller like the bla- 70s or the 70s, yeah. and then they invented roller blades. Yeah, in like the 90s, 90s and right. someone did that. I haven't seen a roller blade in quite some. time. I think those are more frowned but upon. Are roller
1: blades kind of like if you go out on a, a boogie board? It's <laughs> yeah. like hey, why? Do why
4: would roller blades be? It's
1: kind of nerdy, I think. I was just, really? Yeah, that's what I Kind of like like sponging.
4: I mean, there was like. Paddle out the party fleece with a sponge. And there was see what happens skiing, to you. and then they invented snowboarding, and Which that was, was, very, that was cool. very cool. And skiing yeah.
1: became lame, and, and I now think skiing's
4: back. Rollerblading was like the attempt to make roller skating seem more cool. I could turning really. it into rollerblading. I
1: could really never do any of it. Ne- neither could I. I. I tried to roller skate, it was very difficult. So I, um, that was impressive. Come
4: he's on. still a, a fit gentleman. Very fit. In his 40s. Yeah. Fit and forty. What? How old is he? Forty. He's like forty five. Forty five years old. So sure. I mean, yeah. obviously those three years are not kind to us. Once you yeah, get to forty eight,
5: you should have seen me at forty five. <laughs> he's forty five. Like, we did. <laughs> we did see you at forty five. He's been doing this for a long, long time. time. Like, I think good. his first album came out in ninety four. Damn, dude, sounded that's a, good.
4: That's a choice. That's I'm not like saying it's a bad years. choice. I think a lot of people were excited by his choice to remove his shirt. During the Super Bowl halftime show, especially a lot of the the females in the audience. But can you imagine the decision-making process? I'm going to be in a stadium, you know, with close to 80,000 people. I'm going to be on television with eh, conservatively 100 million people (laughs) watching. Do I or do I not take off my shirt? I I know my thought process would be fairly simple, and it's no, I do not take you off my shirt. You do have two shirts and Under Armour underneath. <laughs> I get it. I but would too. He made the decision it go felt, shirtless.
5: It felt right for Usher. <laughs> <When> Adam Levine <laughs> took his shirt off at the Super Bowl like four years ago. I didn't need that. That yeah, did nothing. I didn't. I didn't need it either. I thought Usher was good. I thought, I thought he, he was, was good really too. good.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, it's not for me. I don't know all of the song. My wife did not move from her. Position and sang every single word of every single song. And who were
4: some of the other guests Luda Luda, Luda Chris made the
5: appearance. So I knew they had reported that Alicia Keys and Lil she John were both there for so like warm ups and auditioning and all or not auditioning, yeah, you know, going through all the practice. And so those were the confirmed ones. Uh Jermaine Dupree made an appearance. Luda was the big one that made he made Lil an
1: John.
4: Little yeah, John, he, he little was part John. of that. I, I, I have uh, to say, I'm Will not a hip hop guy, but when "Turn Down for What" comes on, it can't help but just kind of bopping along. It's a, it's a good one. <laughs> Look at him. It's probably not a great sign I, for Little John, but I like you, that as much as I do. But. I told
5: you last week. Last time Megan and I went to Vegas, <laughs> we went to the nightclub, and D- Little John was DJing, and he played "Turn Down for What" live. And so your you're mind. like, "This is awesome." <laughs> Lose <laughs> this your is mind. So cool. I mean, it's good enough to be in the Super Bowl halftime
4: show, and you got to see it live. Yeah. Dj'd and performed. That's pretty cool.
5: Yeah. Uh, Who else was there? Yeah, Alicia Keys was fantastic. She was spectacular. She
1: always is. Yep. San Diegan, by the way. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Lives in uh, La Jolla. Got a house there. Wow. Look at me. Where have you been? (laughs) San Diego Connections. Is
4: that something you learned in the real estate adjacent business? Potentially. uh, Potentially. Interesting. Yeah.
1: It's got a house in La Jolla. Spotted around La Jolla a lot. Very talented, very very talented uh, human being. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I've been
5: thoroughly entertained with the halftime show. It's been good. I've, recently. I've,
1: I've I told you. The older I get, the more. Me ten years ago would have. I would have like, tweeted something. Now I'm just like, man, I get it. Like th- sometimes things aren't for me anymore. I didn't even tweet about the Coachella lineup this year. I'm like, eh, I'm older. Let They're the,
5: not marketing the, to you.
1: Let the young kids enjoy
5: it. Even people, though Usher's
1: 45 years old, it's not really for the young kids Yeah, but anymore. people like
5: me and Hannah's age, oh, I mean, we loved it. have heard his music our entire lives. Yep, yeah. And so it was fun to kind of go through it. I mean, when it first got announced back in the fall that he was going to do this halftime show, I was like, eh, whatever. And then I started thinking about, I'm like, nah, he's got the catalog. He's, so got, of course he's got he's he got it. Of course he's, gonna, he's got the cat. He's going to put on a good show.
1: Well, so that was that was good. Uh I did. I liked Post Malone and I liked Reba McIntyre. I thought it was a good combo. Uh Posty is a guy that he he fascinates me to know and I I worry about him. I worry that he's, you know, I would just worry. Like, he's a good kid. He's from my hometown. Went to my, my high school. Post Malone did. and uh, But he's very talented. He, I thought he looked cool as hell up in the...
5: He's a fascinating individual. He's a fascinating
1: guy. Him, during the pandemic, when he did all those Nirvana songs, he really yeah. sold me. And he's really talented. I think his influences are great. I don't like his music per se, but I like where his influences are, so it... I give him like a hell yeah man every time I see him. Just be okay. I just don't don't get don't get mixed up, right? He looked cool as hell up in the booth. He had his cowboy's jacket <laughs> on and um, that was good. Reba was fantastic. My wife loves Reba McIntyre. <laughs> so we watched that. The commercials man. Uh, you band, could bet
5: on the over under for the anthem. Yeah. And the uh, under she, hit. No, the over hit.
1: No, I thought they Blacked out the know. last brave. Oh, did they? I think they took out the last brave. It was originally superfluous brave.
5: It hit the under, and then her second brave, brave <laughs> yeah. put it over. It was like 90 and a half seconds. Maybe so.
4: she bet on it <laughs> on the over and realized, uh oh, I am going too fast and got there. I know what I can do. Let's throw in one more Brave just to make sure we hit the over.
1: Like, if you're her son-in-law, you're like, hey, listen, I'm going to put, like, hundred grand down on this and just, just keep it short. That's why right?
4: they don't let you bet that much on the, yeah, uh, the that's anthem That's
1: true. That's true. The anthem bets. So the commercials, uh, I thought, for the most part, some were, again, not for me, didn't really care, but there were two that stood out to me that I absolutely loved. Paulie did not like this one, and I can't believe it. I thought you for sure you would like it. wasn't like, my favorite. Uh, the, now... I hope they're not a sponsor, but their donuts are not very good. Dunkin' Donuts, they're not. I think they're okay. They're they're fine in a pinch. They're better than if you go. They're better than if you go into Vons or Stater Brothers and get a box of their donuts back in the bakery. They're better than that, but they're not VGs or Rose Donuts or anything like that. It's not even close. Some people
4: swear by their coffee. Other people can't stand it. I like it.
1: their coffee. It's fine, yeah. but that's kind of what they're known for. Now it's a big Northeast, specifically Boston. They live for it. But we Dunkeys. have them here now. I mean, yeah, there's have,
4: one right next to Goat Hill Park on your yeah, way in. There's we, definitely did a, we did a around remote here. at yeah. Dunkin'
1: Donuts like six years ago.
4: That's right. Yeah, the the one, one in Point, Point Loma. Loma. Yeah, yeah Point Loma. No, It's right out front. Hi, <laughs> yeah.
1: everybody. On here we are. Point Loma Boulevard. We wow. are freezing out here. So right. it's fine. But I thought the commercial <laughs> knocked it out of the park. J-Lo is in the studio recording a new album. And uh, her husband, I think, their husband husband and wife now? I don't
5: know if they're officially back
1: together. Uh, ben Affleck. Comes in with his crew, and he wants to uh, drop a little rap for the round.
3: I don't
5: think you should do this. Last year
1: she came to my work. Now I got to show her what I can do.
0: He's here.
3: Ah, uh, flex on the track.
0: What up, Bronx? For your consideration,
3: here comes the Boston Massacre. Amazing. The dunking. The dunking. Touchdown, Tommy, on and Keys. Plant Brady. You got it am open and
1: need no interaction, my partner!
3: Sometimes it's really hard to be your friend. Don't give! No don't don't go right My heart. Why you me? not pointing? Pointing. Yeah. How do you like them donuts? I'm so sorry.
2: I forgive you. Lay us on the track.
3: Are we gonna be on the album? We talked about this. Let's go. You're blinded by them pinstripes.
6: (laughs) There goes Babe Ruth. Tom, you can stay.
3: You remember when I told you I'd do anything for you? This is anything. Chill. they name it a drink after us.
1: It's so good. It just. I love uh, Matt guys, Damon. Is, I love guys makes that, that can, can poke fun at themselves, and <laughs> those guys can. I mean, it killed me. It just killed me. You're blinded wow. by the pinstripes as he walks out, hits his head on the on the Duncan banner. I it, thought it was, it was great. definitely
4: the most subtly funny. It was of, so of all the commercials.
1: Damon just in hell. This one was, in my opinion, by far number one. Maybe, maybe my top. Super Bowl commercial of this all one time. This one was fantastic. This one laid me
5: BMW out. had uh, enlisted the help of Christopher Walken. Brilliant. <laughs> and I, this was my favorite. Nice ride. It's the real deal. 100% electric. It's the real deal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ballet guy. Thank you. Of course. Enjoy your <laughs> coffee. coffee.
6: Careful, it's hot. Okay, thanks. Your dog's so cute. Ooh, so adorable!
3: Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we both know it's the man. Who makes the clothes. You know. You
1: look nice.
4: Okay. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Walkin. Does this table work for you? Yeah. Murdered me. Yeah. Did someone say yeah?
5: Sure. And then of course Don't you plug Yeah. I think this aired in the first quarter. Oh.
3: There's only one Christopher Walken. I'm only.
1: It was brilliant. Everywhere he goes.
5: <laughs> Your dog
1: is so cute. That It was <laughs> the... This table right here. Right here.
4: <laughs> so that was amazing. God. I mean, everyone loves a good Christopher Walken impression, and the, the takeoff is Except great. For him. <laughs> I didn't remember, though. I knew it was for a car, but it could have been a VW. I didn't remember that it was for BMW. To me, I thought the most effective commercial was the Uber Eats one with Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer and Jelly Roll the you've got to forget something to remember that Uber Eats delivers everything yep. because the actual message of that commercial stuck with me when Jennifer Aniston can't remember who David Schwimmer <laughs> is after working with goes, him for 10 I hate years this town. <laughs> yeah. Jelly Roll can't remember how he got tattoos on his face and they're not coming off I mean but you remember the concept of why they it worked it's because you gotta forget something to remember that Uber Eats delivers anything. So I thought that was kind of the most effective and clever of the commercials.
5: Big one at my house was the Verizon commercial with Beyonce, where she was trying to break the internet. And she's like, did that work? Did we go viral? Did that break the internet? No. Verizon still holding strong. All right, how about this? No, Verizon still holding strong, and that was the whole point. And then right at the end, she goes, All right, drop the new music. And my wife freaked out. What did she just say? And turns out Beyonce announced uh, a new album coming out next month. Released a couple of songs, so that was effective. A country uh,
1: record. I like. Um... She's
5: doing a country album. Yeah.
1: When uh, in doubt, just do a country record. I enjoy
4: when my kids don't get the reference and I do. So when um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the state farm guy and they brought in Danny DeVito as his twin at the end, like, why, who are those guys? Why are they doing that? Because it's a, it was a movie when I was growing up, twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and well, Danny DeVito. This is awful parenting on your part. That's true. <laughs> they,
1: they should I should have, have made them it. watch twins. Bo seated. He's six. <laughs> This is awful, awful parenting on your part. It's a brilliant film. It's great. brilliant. It's a great movie. He doesn't, Bo doesn't understand. It's old of now the, though. You know, he doesn't. It's a very old movie But it's at still this point. so good. They're old. They're 21 years old. They should have seen it in their youth sometime. What, year, bad did,
4: what year did Twins come out? God, Twins was, came out in 1988. Yeah. 10, we were 20, 13. 36
1: years ago. It's been on Netflix for months. month. Kelly Preston. Tonight, tonight is your night, bro. Tonight is your night,
3: bro. Remember
4: so that.
5: Remember that scene. It's the best. They had
4: Usher in the uh, in the first half commercial with Christopher Walken. They had the Bud Light guys did the genie in the bottle. Oh, that was good. Made all the wishes and then the last wishes. That I wish I was at the Super Bowl, and of course, they came. That came straight out of the commercial <laughs> right. to the guys at the Super Bowl. You know, next level, trying to pull pull some stuff off. I guess
1: that one that one was pretty good. That one worked. People say uh, Wesley says you don't go to Dunkin' for the donuts. But it's in the name, Dunkin' Donuts.
5: It's like you don't go to Buffalo Wild Wings for the wings, yeah. yeah. You go, go
1: for or the, the cheesecake. Cheese <laughs> <kit. laughs> so, what do you go to Dunkin'? Is it the coffee? That's,
4: most people say it's the
1: coffee. That's why they call it Dunkin' Coffee? <laughs> I don't know. Dunk. Do you have you ever dunked your donut no. into coffee? I haven't either. Have you ever I done never that? Never dunk my donut uh, into no. coffee.
5: I feel like no. it would just break off and like. Well, not stale. their donuts
1: because they're always stale. So <laughs> those would actually work pretty good for dunking it in your coffee.
5: I'm gonna but, try uh, that next
4: time. Was there any bad like? Truly awful commercials. I, I mean, thought there's they like they've... a
5: million Timu commercials. Timu, did I miss those? What are those? There's like six of them. I like, yeah, the that's Sarah, like some, that's Sarah like v. Chinese
4: knockoff merchandise or something. That was know. the one that my kids had to explain to me. What is Timu?
5: How about the uh, movie trailers? We got a few of those. Terrible. Yeah. Deadpool what are we doing? three was announced. Well, that's that was fine, fine. but Twisters. Uh, so,
1: what do we? Is this the new thing? So, I know Wicked was a uh, uh, Broadway and all that. But it's based on the the Wizard of Oz, so now they're remaking Wizard of Oz, basically. And then the one that blew me away was Twisters. We're <laughs> g- it's the same movie, but they're just going to call it Twisters instead of Twister. They're remaking the Bill Paxton See, I've, film. I've yeah, already they've, they've like, been doing that for a while.
5: Now. But I all I've the- hit the acceptance stage with this. Time and place of where we're at, where we've come up with all the ideas. We're just going to reboot and rehash old ideas. Coming up
1: this year, Bull Durham's. Yeah. Uh, will be great. I'd watch it. Major <laughs> leagues. Uh, they're not good, though. None of them are good. The White <laughs> Men Can't Jump was horrible. Star horrific. is Born was good. Huh, What, what
4: a, was a Star is Born?
5: Oh,
1: shoot. You're right.
4: So, that was, like, a movie good, like good. Good
5: good Twister. I, I loved the original, like, 96, course, 97, whatever brilliant. that was. It was a brilliant so good. film. So, we've. Obviously advanced We're With out our of technology Let's see what it looks like 30 right. years later Maybe that, maybe that sells me the That technology. particular type of movie that I can, sells I can me a see A little it. bit
1: A little bit But I, sequels sequel is fine You want to make a sequel Fine Top Dune is yeah. coming out A second no, one no, that Dune's Is what they're going <laughs> to call it That was it. an old one yeah. That they're
4: doing again <laughs> this is Ben's, That's what they do now This
1: is Ben's and Woods They've heroes. made all the movies So now it's yeah, time Yeah they're doing Roadhouse again Like what are we doing All movies again we gotta start writing original films. I think there's a market for original films these days.
4: Alright, we got one hour to go. Rindle report. I uh, haven't brought up the Aztecs loss. I'll tell you why. Not a bad loss for the Aztecs coming up next oh on 973 to fan. Uh. 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 Uh.
0: Uh. Uh.
1: night. I toss and turn, I keep stressing my mind, mind. Now you realize for peace that on I Friday, t- Benjamin, you said it's a must-win game for
4: Nevada. Nevada. That's yeah. right. Still, Not did, the Aztecs. didn't love how it went down. Let's, um, yeah, paulie has got it in the Rondle Report, so why don't we just get right to okay, it here. let's do it. Start with some Aztecs in today's edition of the Rondle Report. And get things started here with our edition today's edition of the rindle report
1: now tuned into the greatest welcome to the rindle report with Paul Reindel. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories
5: from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, beyond?
1: It's the Rindle Report.
3: Hey, Paul, how you doing? Okay, how are you? On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the moon? Dude, I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Can
0: I get a hoia? Oh, yeah.
3: oh, yeah. All right.
4: And today's round of right. is brought to you by... Pauly's favorite brand of dog food, the Farmer's Dog.
5: Love the Farmer's
3: Dog. I mean, your
4: dog's favorite brand. Yeah, not, I mean, mine. I you don't eat it. Either. Although they say it's so good. Say it's human could. food. If you I could. had to
5: eat dog food, that this would is be at the least food real food. You
1: would eat. I get maybe it. Better than Dunkin' yeah. Donuts. Yeah.
5: Maybe. maybe. <laughs> Alright, let's go back to Friday night. San Diego State on the road uh, at Nevada. Both teams were 18-4 and four, heading into that contest. and uh, Nevada won 70-66 to 66, watched uh, almost the the entire game thought that it was very sloppy on both teams and had some money on the Aztecs uh, plus two and a half points and my god what a bad beat that was if you watched it went to overtime and there was a weird penalty uh, a foul called with like point two seconds remaining. games over uh, Nevada won by two and then they called a foul had to get everybody off the court and so that the guy could go back out and shoot two meaningless free throws, which then pushed it over the four points. Yeah,
4: that'll make Scott Van Pelt's segment, I bet, tonight, his Monday bad beats, because they could have closed it out. Had they even lost in regulation, you would have won the bet. Yep, They had a chance to win it in regulation. They had a chance to win it in overtime. They didn't do either, and the only way they could lose was a rebound foul. (laughs) that occurred with .2 seconds left that they thought the game was over. I mean, the cheerleaders were on the court. Everyone was, like, saying goodbye (laughs) and sorry. And they took everyone off the court just to give Nevada free throws to cover. Let's start with the, I think, the obvious. Aztecs should have won that game. That was a winnable game. They had many opportunities. The offensive sets at the end of regulation and overtime were not good. They didn't get good shots off. Nevada's a very good defensive team. I'll give them some credit, but... You're looking for maybe something better than Darion Tramiel, the shortest guy on the court, trying to hit a shot over like the tallest guy on the court. That can't be what you're looking for in that situation. Maybe a timeout would have served Dutch. I know he likes to let his players make plays, but the guy who makes the plays, Lamont Butler, in those situations, had fouled out. So he wasn't out there on the court for your key situations. Maybe you, you slow things down, you call a timeout, and you, you draw something up for your guys in that situation. I saw some people... Ripping Dutch and go. Yeah, he doesn't know how to coach. Let's. You're crazy. He does. Maybe he could have handled that situation better at the end of the game. So that was one. The Aztecs got away, and I was hoping they could win one of those road games against one of the top teams in the Mountain West. They didn't. I will However,
5: say, I am sick and tired. I don't know if there's some home cooking going on with the refs. There is. We've discussed it. But it, it feels like Jaden Ladie just gets gets crushed. Abused every road. single
4: road game. Yeah. It's. Really frustrating. Yeah, I, I tweeted once. He he got absolutely hammered on one side of the court. This is late in the game. Critical. The game was the game was close all the way. It was ugly, but it was close. It was like within three points. I always felt I felt the, the whole better game part game, of the second half.
5: Just get a lead and just get going. Get a comfortable four, five, six point lead. They'll they'll
4: roll. They finally did get like a one three-point lead late. That was as close as it. I mean, it was close all the way through, but there was one sequence where Ladee absolutely got hammered, and there was no call. And then they went to the other end, and what looked like a pretty clean defensive play by Ladee, and he gets whistled for, it. and it's like, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. These road games, the the refereeing is just, they can't seem to get it right in these Road Mountain West games. However, the reason why I'm not going to get too much up in arms about this loss Is metrically, it didn't hurt the Aztecs. In fact, they were number twenty-one going into the game in the net rankings. They uh, they're now nineteen. They've gone up two spots, even with the loss. They actually they're going up in the computer metrics, what the NCAA uses for the uh, you know the selections and the seeding. So, didn't hurt them at all. I will also point this out. They are now three and. 6 in quad 1 games which yeah that doesn't look great but they haven't lost any other games all season long they're undefeated in the rest of the games they'll have two more quad 1 games at home this week against Colorado State and New Mexico's because they're both top 30 in the net so at the end of this week if they can <laughs> if they can hold serve at home and they don't lose these home games yep. they'll have 5 and 6 record that's 11 quad 1 games or as many as anyone in the country has And five wins will be as uh, being like third or fourth most in the country in quad one wins and no bad losses. That would be an incredibly impressive NCAA tournament resume. I mean, maybe like even third or fourth seed by the time we're end of the year if they can hold just court at home, and then if they can go steal that one at Utah State the next week, which is another quad one game. All of a sudden you'd be talking 500, about the yeah. you'd be talking about the Aztecs around, you know, three three seed on the line. So these next three are, are really big. Got a hold serve at home and then maybe steal one on the road, but that loss actually did not hurt them very much now, at you, Nevada.
1: You did. You did exactly as I asked you. You sent me uh several updates throughout the game and it was really great. Now I will be honest with you. I didn't check them until later. I was having such a good time at dinner with some friends. And uh, we went to Rare Society, which was just. It was very
4: unusual of you not to respond at all to well, my text. For once, so. I
1: had my phone in my pocket. I was enjoying the the mood of the dinner. Then something happened to me. I haven't told you guys this yet. Something happened to me at a restaurant that's never happened to me before. <laughs> Maybe it's never happened to anyone. Brace, brace yourselves! Saw a uh, naked woman in the bathroom. Sorry, what? In the men's room. In the men's room. Naked. Yes. Naked.
4: Uh, All the way. Like a live person, or was it like a picture live. or a she was a live person. A live? I
1: went, got up from dinner, had a couple of old fashions, walked into Did the restroom. Did you hallucinate this? Nope. Walked into the, uh, walked into the uh, men's restroom. So if you go to Rare Society, it's actually not in the restaurant. It's, it's outside out, yeah. by, like, where the parking structure. So I walked in, and I, I WM. Okay, men's on my left. I, op- I open the door, and there's a nude woman sitting on the toilet. And she was wearing a jumpsuit, so she had to take it all the way down to her ankles. And I the door was unlocked, so I oh, there was no code or anything. I opened the door, and she goes, ah! It covered herself. But like I saw everything. Everything. And I go, I'm so sorry. And I shut the door. And she's like, oh, ah, it's my fault. I didn't lock the door. And I'm still through the door going, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're
4: so, also in the men's room.
1: You're actually in the men's room.
4: Which is fine. Is it like a one-person bathroom? Yes. So really, it doesn't matter if it's men or women. If you lock the door, <laughs> you're in there by yourself. Bless you. Yeah. If but you lock the, door, lock the door, she
1: didn't, and so mm-hmm. I just went, well, "Oh, oh!" And then the hand over the breasts.
4: <laughs> I mean, nude and not attractive. So got, I, I, I gotta say, if if I know that I have to remove all my clothes I'm in a bathroom, make sure. I am gonna double check and triple check. I'm probably gonna test it. Like, hey. Wiggle it a little bit just to make came, sure this
1: I, is totally locked. So I came back to the table, and my face had gone white, huh. right? So I I, I put the brake on pause. Like I just said, I'll just hold it. Went back, and I Hannah's like, what happened? I said, well, this is what happened. And Hannah got, she's like, really? Who? And turns around, and we go through the window. I go, her. And she looks over, and she's laughing. And I'm like, it's okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was It's never happened it's to me awkward. before. It was it's awkward. Definitely awkward hands like well did you like what you saw and i said yeah i mean i'm you know still a man at the end of the day so sure absolutely i did but that was that was a new one for me hmm, but i felt bad we then we got um, on this. this
4: is why you weren't responding to my yeah. constant as yeah. text updates yeah for worth the game.
1: yeah worth it <laughs> but i i i couldn't believe what i my eyes had just seen this mm-hmm. is incredible Interesting, but you think about those jumpsuits. I mean, you literally had to take the whole thing yeah. down just to go it's number one. It's just the one.
4: functionality of it. There's yeah. no, there's no zipper. No, there's Even no that, it's still coming all the way. It's up. Coming all the way down. Do you ever use the zipper for its actual purpose? No,
1: because I wear the, um, like the man panties with no hole. There's no hole, so you can't. What's the purpose? Does anyone to... though? I like. Well, used to when I wore boxers, I did. I you put... really? You yeah, just, but go... you didn't unbutton the. No, no, i would just used the zipper. Really? You yeah, just I don't think I I've ever unbuttoned. just
4: used the zipper.
1: It's an I've always thing.
4: unbuttoned and zippered.
1: Even if well, if I went commando, I could
4: go through the zipper.: no I still problem. wouldn't probably go through the zipper. My kids you know, there's metal on the zipper who are
1: learning how to <laughs> go to the bathroom, both of them still to this day <laughs> when they go stand up pee, but pants around the ankles, and I'm like, you don't have to do this.
4: Have you ever accidentally got it caught in the zipper? No, never, never. Never once. No. N- no. Polly? No. Oh, I think yeah, it's happened before. You're just not paying enough attention and
1: No, I'm pretty dialed in. When I do that, I'm pretty dialed in.
5: Okay. Yeah. I'm very aware of my surroundings. I
1: saw I saw something about Mary. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. What's that bubble? How'd you get the beans about the Frank? It's the greatest scene. <laughs> but yeah, it scared me to death. I didn't know this oh, about you, my Ben. Gosh scar tissue. Sorry
4: yeah, I mean, about, not like serious damage, just, just like, the, oh, ooh,
1: ooh, wait, you
4: don't care, and then not like stuck or anything. Sorry about just, the uh,
1: aside there, but I I had forgotten this is as it.
4: This is good Aztecs talk. It's great. Is what yeah. it is. Yeah. That's can, why I is didn't read ben your updates. Words. I'd
1: seen a naked
5: woman. This you know, don't is not get kind of Aztec Aztecs content anywhere else.
4: This is, this is how we do it. We got a
1: bleeder. Yeah, All exactly. Right.
5: <laughs> we will continue. Uh, a couple hours ago, and don't do this, we talked about the Waste Management Open. Uh, Zach Johnson, one of the golfers there, had enough of the rowdy crowd and scolded them. And that was caught on video. And I can kind of explain maybe why. I guess Uh, alcohol sales at one point throughout the event stopped and people were upset, confused, trying to figure out what the hell was going on. So a guy went on TikTok. He was a bartender at the tournament and he kind of explained everything from his point of view. Listen to how chaotic this got at an already crazy and raucous golf tournament. The craziest one in the whole year Listen to the bartender who was there working.
2: As somebody that was bartending today when they told us to stop serving alcohol, let me tell you what we heard. So around one thirty, when we were extremely busy, we were told by our boss to stop serving alcohol. Reason being was because the Scottsdale Police Department and the Scottsdale Fire Marshal told us to stop and they stopped letting people in because there was almost a half a million people on the course at that one time. And the security that were supposed to be checking tickets at the gate just said, this and started letting everybody in without checking tickets. So people um, were getting in for free, people were getting into VIP boxes for free where it's all you can drink, and uh, eventually everybody oh in the VIP boxes God. were like, "Ah, oh, f- it will just serve everybody no matter what. And so everybody's getting extremely hammered, and on top of that, the behavior was just too out of control for them to manage with half a million people there. So when they told us to stop serving, we just stood around and hoped that they were gonna say, okay, we can serve now in like a half hour, hopefully some people will get out, but that never happened. After standing around for over two hours, they eventually said, We're done. We want everybody out. So everybody that was in general admission and not in a VIP skybox, they ended up leaving because they couldn't buy food, they couldn't buy non-alcoholic drinks, and they couldn't buy alcoholic drinks. So there's really no point to be there. So
1: So, there's no, there's no, this tournament now is what it is. I don't think there's any going back from it, right?
4: More like the wasted management often.
1: (laughs) Waste management? More like wasted management. Yeah. There's no going back. From and that's this. what it is. Front gate it security. The PGA Tourism has, em- has
4: embraced it. They don't ask people to be quiet at that tournament. You know the signs. They, they do, help.
1: but they they, they yeah. They ask. Even
4: at even at 16, they really just let you talk, and you know the, you make noise, and and that's what that tournament is. They get crowds that are insane. I mean, 50 times the the amount that other tournaments sometimes get. It's the People's Open. It's a party. It's crazy. It's good TV. It's good theater, but. I mean, if you're a golfer, I know what was it? You know, guys were yelling like, "Hey, we're trying to, we're doing our job."
1: out It was here. Billy can you, Horschel.
4: Can you not yell in my
1: backswing at the very least? Shut right the F up! It's my job. I'm like, <laughs> oh god, Billy's not a guy you want to piss off. <laughs> Zach Johnson, fine, but Billy Horschel is terrifying. Yeah, it's not going to change. It's going to. I mean, they're going to. They can put all the restrictions and this and that on it. It's that it, tournament is what it is at this point. I mean, it, they'll they'll find a way.
4: Well, the reason why it won't change is that uh, they they make a lot of money,
1: make a ton of, of money, a ton. You heard, and me. they give
4: a lot of money to charity. To yeah. be uh, to honest in the in the Phoenix area, but it, you can't really put the genie back in that bottle. No, now.
5: no, it's it's this. Is okay, we're going to do
4: it, but we're all going to be we're gonna really be well behaved and calm now. Can't go back. Can't go back.
5: All right. yeah. Finally, my last story here, little uh, taco story. So, you guys remember Taco Bell used to have like the Doritos taco shells? They still do. I do have, they still I have had those. one yesterday? Doritos Locos. Yesterday. Doritos Locos, delicious. I was a big fan of those. We got a new entry into the mix. Uh, the brand Old El Paso is selling taco shells that have been dusted with cinnamon toast crunch. Nope. Yep. Yep.
4: And then what are you supposed to put in them? Meats, like ice cream, meat, Whatever you want. Cheese, like
1: chaco Tacos? Meat, cheese, and sauce.
5: You can put on whatever you want, but Cinnamon Toast Crunch Taco Shells. You buy
1: them at the store?
5: Yes, they are for sale at Walmart for $3 a box. Okay, You can get them on Walmart.com right now. And then I think after this week...
4: That's uh, not, starting next month, they but, will
5: be available in retailer stores.
4: That's not something I want to put like seasoned meat and taco sauce Delicious. in with Lettuce, a cinnamon cheese. See it, on the box, it looks like they've got ice cream or some sort of banana split in there. That makes sense. I understand that. Which reminds me of one of my other secretly favorite Super Bowl commercials, <laughs> Doctor Umstick.
1: D drumstick the. Oh, yeah, that was uh, good. Dr. Um-stick. Yeah, Eric Andre was on the plane. He's like, can you help me? He's like, no, I can't help you. I don't know anything about the human body. He's just handing out drumsticks.
3: Dr. Um, that was a good one. Forgot about that one. It's great.
1: But
4: choco tacos are not a thing anymore. All right, right. Those things so look phenomenal. You can make your own now. Choco tacos with these tacos. The shells.
1: old El Paso shells look delicious.
5: All right. $3 a box, Walmart.com, while supplies last. And then, yeah, next month, popping up at retailers all across the country. Cinnamon Toast Crunch Taco Shells.
1: Man, delicious.
5: Thank you, Paulie. You're
4: welcome. Thank you. And uh, speaking of the Aztecs, when we come back, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to tomorrow night's game against Colorado State. So stay tuned. Your chance to uh, get into Viejas Arena. For, uh, you got to hold serve at home. I've been lenient on the road losses, knowing you how have. tough this conference Very is. Very lenient. But that comes with a trade-off, and yep. that means you gotta hold serve at home. You gotta make sure you influence those refs the other way. If you go to the game, have your chance <laughs> to win some tickets to uh, tomorrow night's game. Coming up next year with Ben Woods after a check of traffic on 97.3 The Fam. Final couple segments of the day. Annie and Elston coming up at 10 o'clock this morning. Going to give away some San Diego State basketball tickets here in a moment. Uh, speaking of college sports, another headline Polly uh, didn't get to. Uh, the news that Chip Kelly is leaving UCLA as their head coach to become the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Yeah, buddy. After Bill O'Brien left on Friday to take the head coaching job at Boston College. I think the argument that Chip Kelly is doing something smart, even though he's taking a pay cut, I totally get that. You're going to have success immediately there. You're going to be a hot candidate in a year or two for another head coaching job somewhere. I totally get that. I don't think there's any way UCLA can sell this. I mean, as, it's as a positive. It's a complete. I mean, a complete disaster for their football program. They're going. It's a to complete the, crap. Yeah. They're going to the Big Ten. Chip Kelly was going to be a Big Ten head coach. And is saying, I'd rather be a Big Ten assistant coach at a different school than be a Big Ten head coach at UCLA is an incredible indictment of the UCLA football program.
1: Or, yeah, you're right. I mean, but also. And
4: the system and everything. So
1: it's funny. The one commercial we didn't mention that actually I laughed uh, pretty heartily at was the Dr. Pepper commercial that had the transfer portal.
4: That's been going, that's been awesome. that's been going on all season. Yeah, I on. love that. I missed that. Super I love good. that. I missed it entirely. I, I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> oh, no, we lost our quarterback. I know, no, they're not our quarterback. Not our quarterback. We
1: built our offense around, around you. Our <laughs> offense revolves I, around I, you. I, I, I have missed that entirely. <laughs> yeah, that's been going uh, on I do enjoy weeks. that one. I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> but, I mean, are we, is it wrong? No. Is it really wrong uh, to to think about that, Benny? It, and when you don't have to worry about that, the coordinator position i'm i'm looking at at spagnola last night going you know what this is the life this is the life like you just dial up the defense at the right time and you're a champion and you don't have to worry about the media or any other crap like you just go out and do what you're good at i understand you know there's guys that want to be the man then there's guys that are just really really good at their specialty
4: here's the sad thing usc understandably took the gold the big 10 gold and they wanted to go and the massive media rights and everything that goes with it when they were offered a spot and they kind of dragged UCLA along with them because they wanted to keep the rivalry and the LA schools together. So the big 10 took UCLA UCLA doesn't belong in the big 10. This is a clear sign that it was a mistake for UCLA to leave the PAC 12. If you could go back in time and undo this, let USC go, let them go by themselves Keep the Pac-12 together. You invite San Diego State like they were about to, like they were minutes away from doing, essentially. If UCLA doesn't go, I don't think Oregon and Washington leave. You have a Pac-12. It stays together. It makes so much more sense for college sports. You don't just blow up the entire <laughs> West Coast. Obviously, it's great for San Diego State, and none of this had to happen. And now UCLA's in a conference that they're going to be completely overmatched in. at a school where their coach doesn't even want to be the head coach because he knows how bad it's going to be and be irrelevant and have to do extra traveling for everything just to be irrelevant in football. And it didn't have to be this way. And that's what's such a bummer. It could have worked out really well, I think, for a lot of schools and not that badly for UCLA either had they just stayed. But they couldn't turn down the money either once it was being offered. They went, and they will make a lot of money in the Big Ten, but they will get their... It will get their brains smashed in. Unless they come up with a genius coaching hire at this point, it's looking like it's going to be a really tough road for UCLA for a few seasons. For
1: sure. For sure. I I mean, I kind of, you know, I, I get why he did it. I absolutely get why he did it. It sucks that they got strung along uh, there, but it makes sense for him. It's one thing that we need to remember at the end of the day. We talk about it all the time. Everyone wants to bitch at players all the time for leaving and this and that. There's no loyalty. There's no, not even loyalty from your head coach. No. If you can't have loyalty from your head coach, you're going to ask. I want loyalty from you, but I'm not going to give it. What's that about? Right? Like I, you need yeah. to be loyal, but you're not going to get it from me. But I need you to be it. That's it's, a, it's You like to yeah. give advice, but you don't yeah, like to take exactly it. right. You need to be loyal, but if I get a better opportunity, <laughs> I'm gone. See you later. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Yes, I know I convinced your parents. This isn't even a better
4: opportunity. This is a worse opportunity, technically. He went from head coach coach to to offensive coordinator in the same conference, and it took a pay cut to do so. Sure. (laughs) I mean, that's, is that not an indictment? If he was getting paid more, you can say, well, he he went for the money. If he took another head coaching job, you could say, well, he's a head coach. Same conference, you went from head coach to it's, it's like but Ohio right, State. It's like UCLA. Brian Dutcher goes, "You know, I'd rather be an assistant coach at New Mexico than right. be the head coach at it's San not Diego the same. State." It's but it's not the same. but essentially, not even, it's, it's not, not, not close to the same. It's not cuz San Diego State's so good. No, no, but but uh, right. okay. All right, it's like, what if you said, it's it's like Air Force's head coach rather being an assistant coach at San Diego State than being the head coach at Air Force. Same conference.
1: Same conference. Doesn't want to be with the school but there. But let's talk about the echelons yeah, in the conference. you, you got to
5: factor in where Chip Kelly's at in his career, his age, and all of that. I mean, that plays a role. Like, a young guy, a guy in his 30s, would you rather be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers or the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs? Right. Right, I mean, I think you take the. I think you if take you're the, older, like Chip Kelly, you want that. You'll take that OC role because you're going to win a couple more ships, I mean, and I mean, you're it, done. It
4: essentially happened with San Diego State. Rocky Long, head coaching at San Diego State, to be the offensive coordinator at New Mexico.
1: Yeah, it's not. He, but he really did. It's, yeah. the, but it's not the same. But that in was that, more
4: of a personality. I think, kind of a Rocky thing.
1: It's not the same in that you're going to one of the elite football universities in the country from a you know program you were trying to build back up. Uh, it makes sense to me. It does. It makes perfect sense to me. And, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they're going to get their money, but it's going to be it's going to be a bloodbath.
5: Yeah, says a while. in the chat. UCLA is like a junior college compared to
1: yeah. Ohio it's State. absolutely true.
4: It's but they're in the same true. conference.
5: They are in the same conference.
4: That's the problem. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Fine. I mean, there is tiers of college football. I get that. San Diego State's not on the same tier either. Right. But they don't have to play Ohio State and Michigan every single year <laughs> in the Big Ten. They get their brains beaten in two. And UCLA is a lot closer right now to a Mountain West school in football than they are to a Big Ten school in football. Sorry, that's the reality. All right. Let's give away some Aztecs tickets. Uh, Send you to Villegas Arena tomorrow night. You can go to GoAztecs.com to get your own tickets. But uh, to watch the Aztecs play the Colorado State Rams, be the fourth caller. 833-288-0973. Fourth caller. 833-288-0973. Call now. We'll come back. We'll wrap up with a little more Padres talk. Get you ready for day two of spring training. We still have some sound. I want to hear from Michael King. Yeah. Some of the other audio we haven't gotten to earlier.
1: We got a couple of uh, early reports as well. We can. Uh, let you guys know who showed up to Peoria this morning.
4: Maybe a surprise for some people. Coming up next on 97.3 The Fan. Congratulations to Carl. Paul is currently talking to him and uh, hooking him up with those Aztecs tickets as our winner today. Uh, I think we'll have more tickets to give away for the New Mexico game later this week. Is that a Friday? I think that's a Friday game for San Diego State. So two home games this week for the Aztecs. And by the way, just had that discussion about Chip Kelly. Well, breaking news, uh, UCLA has, in fact, named a new head coach this morning. They've gone with former Bruins running back Deshaun Foster, who has been the running back's coach for UCLA. So he will take over for Chip Kelly as the team transitions to the Big Ten. And not a knock on Deshaun Foster, apparently, was the overwhelming choice of the players who really like him and oh, yeah. believe so were, in him. They were
1: tweeting about him. Yeah. Um, everybody kind he, of calling he's for like him. He's like, their are Sharon Moore.
4: Yeah. The only problem is, if he was... If he had the ability to do something and change wouldn't they have been better the last couple of years? It's hard when you just promote an assistant after you haven't had that great of a season or two, it's like, well, if you if you was so great well, why, maybe they why hated they Chip better? Kelly. It's possible. Yeah. I, I didn't get the sense that they were trying to fire Chip Kelly though, um and get rid of him. We'll see. We'll see. Wish him some wish him some luck. I have no ill will toward UCLA. It sounds like you do, but I just uh, like USC, I just think yeah, they're in a bad situation here and Deshaun Foster, I mean, yeah, you take the job. It's your school, and you're going to be a Big Ten head coach for the first time. Not many people get to be a first-time head coach and go straight to the Big Ten as their first head coaching job. So, yeah, he's got to take that job, but he's got a big challenge ahead of him for the UCLA runs. All right, let's, uh, let's talk some more Padres after traffic here. I want to hear a little more audio from some of the guys who spoke yesterday, and Woods is going to tell us who has already shown up in camp this morning uh, early here on a Monday, next Seven 97.3 The Fan. So Padres pitchers and catchers reported to camp yesterday. Uh, Sammy Spring Training joined us earlier, and you can uh, listen throughout the day for live reports from Sammy uh, here on 97.3 The Fan. He did uh, have a shot of Hasan Kim, who was there early, didn't see any other position players yesterday, although he admitted wasn't in the locker room, so he couldn't see everybody. But this morning, some newcomers already in Padres
1: camp. Well, as you like to say, he's our man on the scene in the beast of the belly, as you so eloquently put. Sammy Levitt tweets, Jake Cronenworth and Manny Machado have arrived inside the Padres clubhouse in Peoria this morning. I like that. I think they all
4: realize that this is already a short spring training.
1: Robert Suarez is also there, Benjamin. He has made his way.
4: Yeah, good. So um, good. You know, a lot of spring trainings, let's be honest, are too long. For some of the players? yeah, They're only so long because the pitchers need that much time to kind of build up and be ready to start. But for position players, I've heard many times, they said, yeah, three, three weeks, maybe four tops is all I need. So reporting to camp before Valentine's Day for a season that doesn't start until maybe April 1st is kind of a drag for guys. Good
1: way to get out of Valentine's Day bits. So. so so they don't Very tend
4: to race there before the the official report date. But this year, with the Padres leaving for Korea on March 13th, we're a month away from yep. that date where they leave. So that's the four weeks. So they're ready to get in and get to work Right away. I mean, the Dodgers reported last week. They were in last Friday. Friday. And I think their full squad reports today or tomorrow, so... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you get more early arrivers than, than a normal season for the Padres this Quick
5: year. note on that. Did you guys see uh, Nabil Krismats? Sure did. Yeah, it broke my heart. That man. hurt. Yeah, it broke
1: my heart in two. That one hurt. He uh,
5: posted pictures of him out at Dodgers spring training, him throwing in the Dodger blue, and then a picture of him in the clubhouse shaking, shaking hands with Ben's buddy. Dave Roberts, yep. Ben's buddy. And he says, oh. day one on the books. Nice to be in blue now. Oh
1: man, yeah, it stings a little bit. Hey, listen, Ooh. out of all the guys on their team, all of the guys on their team, <laughs> I hope we see Nabil Matt a bunch. That's one that I look and say, bring him in. The more times we get to see Nabil, better our chances of absolutely barreling baseballs. Nothing against Nabil at all. Nothing, but he's not, he's not, he's not the guy on the Dodgers that strikes any fear well, into me
4: whatsoever. I'm I'm of two minds on this.
1: Is he gonna find fifteen mile an hour of velocity? Maybe. He might.
4: <laughs> no, I mean Nabil for the Dodgers would be a mop up man, correct?
1: Oh. Yes. Yes.
4: And and I don't really see the Dodgers suffering a lot of twelve-one losses. No, nope, they're going to be which 12-1 means victories. The mop-ups for Nabil, if he's on the team, will be in games they're so far ahead yeah. that they don't want to waste anybody. I mean, every team. So needs in that one. sense, I don't really want to see Nabil coming into a lot of games against my team. Everybody, <laughs> everybody needs one
1: because it I, likely
4: means my team is down double digits at that point. I
1: will, I will probably serve in that role for the Tier 1s, mop up uh, up or down. That's, I'm, I'm, I know yeah. it. I, I mean, know it's coming. Hey, so. if
4: the Dodgers are losing so many games by 10 runs that Nabil's getting in like twice a week, yeah. that's fantastic news for all of us. Yeah, I mean, that he, is fantastic. If he
1: gets in and turns nasty, <laughs> we are doing, we're launching an investigation into their <laughs> facilities. I will, we're yes. launching an investigation. It's going to happen. I will get subpoenas. They're replacing their players
4: with some sort of advanced robot technology. something
1: going on. If he goes in, he's a soft tosser, my friends. And he's a good dude. And I really like Nabil. I do. And that's part of the game you have to play. I get it. Right? When we were across the street, we hated this place. When we came here, we had to pretend that we liked it. And now we love it. So there you go. Uh, So guys
4: who already kind of turned the corner, pitching-wise, include Michael King. Who did so last season with the New York Yankees, especially late in the year uh, when he made uh, some impressive starts down the stretch with stuff that really uh, intrigued all of baseball and was enough to to be the centerpiece. I know he did, he says I'm not the centerpiece. It's uh, it was a big trade, yep. but you know you can make the argument that he was the Padres' biggest return in that Juan Soto trade. He reported to spring training yesterday. Now, is there more to his game that can be? Unlocked by a pitching coach like Ruben Niebla, Michael King talked about uh, working with the new Padres pitching coach.
7: My first call about Ruben was with Corey Kluber, and so I know he just retired. But um, he told me that he would not have two Cy Youngs without Ruben, and immediately that makes me really confident going into it. And then the first conversation I had with Ruben was like an hour and a half long conversation, and it wasn't really just about me; it was just about pitching in general. And I could not, I couldn't feel like I fit more with him than anybody else. He's super prepared in terms of video and um really just homework on hitters and that's my favorite thing to do I always said that my greatest strength was knowing the hitter's weakness um and with a guy like that that has is so decorated as he is in terms of helping pitchers Kluber's a guy that I emulated myself off of um I'm so excited to get to work with him and actually see him in season even like throughout the whole offseason I would send videos here and there normal off seasons, but Ruben was like, hey, we got to up the communication. I want to talk to you all the time. Every time you get off the mound, I want to know how you're feeling. Yes. And it's great to just have that guy that I can go back on and, and really really trust in terms of what he's doing mechanically and also then in-season when we get preparation-wise. You learned your slider from Kluver, is that right? Kluver was the one that taught me. I, I still call it the Kluver ball. I'm not, I'm not huge into the sweeper term of it, but it's a Kluver ball to me. You throw like a curveball? Kluver always struggled to define it, and that's why it's now called the sweeper, but it's – from my slot, I have to feel like I'm throwing a curveball because I'm a lower slot. Um, but guys that have a higher slot that are trying to get that sweep have to think that they're more slinging it from a lower slot. So it's really it's really different per pitcher. Um, with Kluber, it was uh, the main point for me was actually shortening my stride so I could feel like I'm getting on top of the ball because everything I throw is more underneath it because I'm a lower slot guy. Um, and I didn't have that cue until Kluber watched me, and he was like, hey, I think we got similar release points, and these are the cues that helped me. And uh, it became one of my best pitches for the last couple of years. Yeah so
4: Michael King um yeah I, you know there's I think the hope uh for most of us is that he can duplicate the performance that we saw in the second half of last season from the Yankees but there's always the chance that he can even improve upon sure. that and if he does you know Michael King turns into a, an ace type performer at that point you know he can be a one or two guy not just a three guy behind Musgrove and darvish but he could be your best starting pitcher this year there's some things that you get a, you worry about you know the the innings of you know stretching out from 100 and change innings to a full season of we like just, 180
1: Neable just did it with with Seth Lugo who Quite had been well. a receiver or a receiver a reliever and and you know sometimes a long reliever sometimes he would close games for the Mets he'd done he'd done it all and if you have the right mentality and Lugo certainly did last year he that's what he wanted to do and I, it sounds to me like Michael King wants more of the same um if he's ready, man, then you you make him ready. You let him go out and and take those starts and and work those innings, Ben. And uh, Reuben's done this before, so I'm I'm pretty confident about Michael King and his abilities, and and obviously uh, the good relationship is already forming between those two. That's a good thing. Sticking
4: with Michael King, I think um, I, certainly the Padres were the talk of baseball at this time last year with all the moves that they made and. What happened to them during the season had to be some fodder for, you know, what were other teams saying about the Padres? What were the impressions outside of San Diego? Uh, Michael King talked a little bit about what he had seen from the Padres and, you know, how he felt joining them at this point now for the 2024 season.
7: I mean, they spent a ton of money and they got a great locker room in there. And I was, I mean, the talent that they have still in there, even though they lost Hayter and Snell. I don't, I guess I don't know about Snell, but, um, and Soto, it's, it's, Insane to walk through that locker room and see the guys that are in there. Um, Joe and you are two guys that I'm like pumped to work with. They're super hard workers. I would I came in and I'm like the ace of the team is the first one here today. It's it's weird things like that that I'm just really pumped to, to be around. And then I have met Manny once. He's awesome. Um, and then Bogarts is guy that I'm so glad I'm not facing him ever again. So the the talent that's here is insane. I know they underperformed last year, um, but I I think that. We still have a ton of talent in here, and we're kind of meshing as a team, and I think that chemistry is something that can really um, add to a, to wins.
4: I like Michael King right away. I do, too. I, I really do. He br- we, he's look, we're he's excited
1: the, about working with this team. We're in the media. We like anyone that doesn't give you cliched, turd answers. But let's be honest. I mean, that's that's why we're probably so high on him, because he you can actually have a conversation with him. Which is a rare a rarity these days. So, um, yeah, definitely saying, "Oh, um, and you know, goes in puts in, puts in the work." Yeah, I mean, he's going to be a part of this team, and I'm excited to have him. I think he's great, great addition.
4: All right, uh, do we want to uh, pull out any other sound, Polly? Or we're good. No, good. We, we've already yeah, gotten, I, I mean, good. I see we're going to get probably more. Annie and Elston will have more. Uh, Sammy's like talking to Hasan Kim already this morning and getting some sound uh, from him. So I'm sure you'll hear plenty more uh, with Annie and Elston and Gwen and Chris as the day goes on from Padres <coughs> Spring Training, uh, as more guys report and we get to the, uh, the full day two of camp coming up today uh, in Peoria, Arizona.
1: Anything else for the Super Bowl you wanted to talk about? Uh,
4: Yes, we didn't address Travis Kelsey nearly knocking over his head coach, Andy (laughs) Reid. Wow. And Andy Reid, I think uh, one of the reasons why he's going to go down as one of the great coaches now in NFL history, gets his third Super Bowl ring after a long and successful successful run with the Eagles. He's now got three Super Bowl rings with the Kansas City Chiefs. But being a head coach is also about managing players. And that easily could have been a really bad situation for Travis Kelsey. If in in we saw what have a second quarter, uh Pacheco fumbles, Kelsey runs over to the sideline, is given Andy Reid an earful about something, nearly knocks him over.
1: Yeah, he wanted he was saying, "Keep me in the game. Keep me in the game because the guy that was responsible for blocking the guy that forced the fumble would have been Travis Kelsey's assignment." So he was hot, you know. He's like, "This is the Super Bowl. I'm supposed to be in there. And you, by making that sub, just cost us a, a turnover, Andy. And he was pissed. There was a little bit of... Um, it It didn't feel like he went up to him with the intent of bumping him. He just wanted to kind of get in his face. But one kind of stumbled into the other, and it looked terrible. And here's, I think... Yeah,
3: here's what Andy Reid had to say. <laughs> yeah, he caught me off balance. I wasn't watching. Yeah. He, cheap shot. But that's all right. He did good. <laughs> He was really coming, over just go, just put me in. I'll score. I'll score. You know. So that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the first time. So I, listen, I appreciate it.
4: <laughs> but he diffused something that could have been a, have like been a an ongoing deal. story. And obviously, if the Chiefs had lost, it, it probably would have been even worse. But I, I'll give Travis Kelsey a pass a little bit. When I saw it, it looked like once he bumped him, he like almost tried to catch him. You. Like I'm this not trying to, knock, and- I'm not trying to knock my coach over on purpose. Um, I saw some people suggesting you now, if this had been another player and not Travis Kelsey, there could have been a bigger deal. It would well, like have been you a said, huge story. like
1: you said, it's not the first time. I mean, these guys you had you had rice going up and down the sidelines, screaming at Mahomes I and mean, it happens like that's the thing is every year, there's going to be a baseball team that fights in the dugout, and everyone's going to go. Yeah, oh. Manny screaming oh. at Tatis. A couple of it happens years. happens I mean, all the time. We still see it. Every team,
4: it happens. People scream at each other. I think man, it's I a was
1: fired team. up, man. I was fired up, and we weren't hitting on the, on all cylinders. And um, I, I had to give Big Red a love tap there and, and let <laughs>
2: him that know that
3: we was? were all
1: here fighting for him, no matter what.
4: I, I, mean, I think what's I unusual no for problem. people is is if you're not a prof- in a professional situation, the coach isn't necessarily. Like, it's not like your high school coach where you can't ever talk back or right. anything. Pro players talk back to their all managers the all the time. All it's the more time. of a an equals
1: discussion. It's, it's like a don't show me up thing. In baseball, yeah. that's a big thing. Don't show me up. You want to chew me out, bring me down in the clubhouse yeah. and you let me have it. Don't you do it out on the mound when I come to take the ball from you? Things like that. So, yeah, that... The cameras caught him. He was absolutely giving it to Reed. I don't think he meant to take him out or anything, but uh, hey, at the end of the day, they got the job done.
4: All right, you'll get uh, all of Annie and Elston's thoughts, Super Bowl, Padres, and more coming up next. Good first show of the week, everybody. Thank you for uh, joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow at 6 a.m. We'll continue our Tier 1 tour. uh, More live reports from Sammy Spring Training as well. For Executive Producer, Imaging Director paul Rindel and steven woods i'm ben higgins have a great rest of your monday from all of us here at 97.3 the fans, so long
0: you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone